welcome everyone to We Have Issues, our weekly comic book podcast that opens the vault, feels the boom, weathers the aftershock, and marvels at every issue released this week. I'm your host, Keith, and I'm joined by my stalwart sidekick, who is always at my side, Ho Sway. What a week of comics where I saw, where I felt true highs, and then I met a real low in comics this week. So a real low where we might not even talk about it in the show because it's too spicy. Yeah, I mean, it's not really worth the airtime. Like, I yeah, no, talking about no. it. it's not worth wasting our time talking about it. So, <laughs> if, yeah, if you want to know, DM Hostway on Twitter. He'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or just check out our blooper reel later because I got it all recorded. So, uh, as always, we're here to talk about the week of comics, but we always start with the news. And we got some fun news this week. Um, CBR had an exclusive interview with Robert Kirkman. And so we got a couple things out of that. The first one is they asked him, would he ever return to The Walking Dead as a cop? <laughs> and he said, I gave 16 years of my life to this world. I may dabble in it at some point in the future, but I doubt I'll ever return to do a full series. But Good. dot, 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 I'd never say never. Ugh. <laughs> just, <laughs> so, leave it, just leave it where you left it, dude. Just like you didn't even try. <laughs> And then the other thing was uh, with Invincible, the show coming back. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he did reveal that there are going to be stories that he had planned in the comic and never actually used that will be in the show. So oh, cool. that's really cool. We're going to get some new Invincible like material in the show, mm-hmm. which is great because I actually really like the show. The way a lot of people feel about the boys is the way I felt about Invincible. Like, I really oh, nice. enjoyed that show. Um, so, yeah, uh, pretty cool. The other big uh, indie news, I got two more. Um, CBR's exclusive revealed that Kickstarter's comic book category has shattered records for the number of successful projects launched in 2022. In total, uh, 2,805 comic projects were launched under Kickstarter successfully. Wow. With the overall funded amount being 30, $30.9 million. Damn, nice. Yeah, and that's just comics. Like not mm-hmm. everything, everything else. So that's really cool. I, I I think that's really fun to shout out. We're big on you know self uh, self funding and stuff like that. So that's really cool. And the other last bit of indie news: uh, if you're a fan of D and D's Critical Role, which I'm not, uh, but some people mm-hmm. are, I tried to watch it. I can't. I just can't do it for some reason. Um, the Critical Role, the Mighty Nine, is getting an oversized Dark Horse collection um, for the for the comic run based on the run. Oh, yeah, um, like the Dark Horse Library editions are really, really nice. Yeah, yeah, and it looks really cool. I think that's going to be really, really interesting. Um, I I bet I would like the comics more than the show. The show is just a lot of investment, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. And I don't know any of these people. I don't know voice actors very well. I know, like, three of them. So, I, I, yeah. I have a thing with Mercer. He, just, he, just, he gets propped up to be this, like, DM, like, just deity. I'm just like, okay, people just, like, tone it down. I like Mercer, but... Yeah, I get what you're saying, because he's. I like him more as a voice actor. You know what I mean? Like, because <laughs> yeah. he does Cassidy and Overwatch, and okay. I like that he actually plays Overwatch and says the lines over the mic. So he says the thing that he's doing his ult, mm-hmm. and everybody thinks they're they're using the ult, so they all panic and run. And it's just him on mic, which I think is great. So, but I I don't know. I just I have a different DM style, I guess. So oh, I gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Um. But I do love Acquisitions Incorporated, for the record. Made by the Penny Arcade people. It's very funny, and I love it. Mm-hmm. So. 
All right, so let's talk about DC. As we talked about last week, it is official. The Titans have taken their place as the dominant superhero protectors of Earth. <laughs> nice. In a new series penned by Tom Taylor and penciled by Nicholas Scott. First of all, Ooh. good creative team. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, basically, Tom Taylor, who's doing Nightwing, is also going to do Titans. Very good idea. Lots of cohesion there. Really, mm-hmm. really cool. Um, there is a very one that, that usually wasn't when we had like our whole like uh, Starfire uh, bit for like a while because they weren't really like connected. Yeah, exactly. There is going to be a variant uh, for Titans One that's going to be drawn by Simone de Mayo. Oh, nice! Yes, so very cool. Um, so that's really cool. You and me, I I can't remember. I don't remember if we talked about it. Well, you did a little bit, I think. But then I'm like, why are they the Titans? Why aren't they the Justice League? And it's like, so they can just bring the Justice League back later, right? <laughs> so, yeah. um, so, despite the team disbanding, this is the next article. An updated Dawn of DC timeline secretly reveals the Justice League will be back sooner rather than later. Um, <laughs> there's a story called in the future of the Dawn, D- uh, Dawn of DC called The Return of the Justice League. <laughs> so it's already there. Like, it's like... Man, like, just give them a year. You know what I mean? Just, just a year to be the number one team. You know, whatever. I mean, maybe, maybe they can establish something, um, something, something more permanent. Since like people weren't reading Academy, but there was like a really great idea of like the if we're gonna bring in new heroes, new faces, this like Titan hierarchy to graduate into. Um, if we can get that, like more into like the common mind around the DC universe, that'd be pretty cool. And like, might, might as well set that again now. I can almost guarantee you every character from Titans Academy is going to disappear for a very long I hope time. Not. Like how is even this... even the the Titan Squad, the one that was the actual street team they had. Right, right. The, the Teen Titans. Yeah. The, one. What was it? It was Bunker and Wallace West, and you know they're they're gone. They're there's they they might show up occasionally, but they're not going to matter. And that's Stitch. a bummer. Stitch. Stitch was great. Gorilla Greg. Yeah. <laughs> The Bat Pack. I love the Bat Pack. There's still no update you on... Bring Chupacabra, on, you son of a bitch. There's still no update on him, huh? <laughs> nope, you bastards. <laughs> All right, so that's the first of three books that DC announced just the other day. The next one, Green, Green Lantern is getting a new series uh, from Jeremy Adams and Zermonico, and it's going to be about basically the Earth being quarantined by the, by the Guardians. And huh. it's going to be about Hal Jordan and how he's dealing with it, basically. Ooh. Um... Sure, that sounds fine. Um, the good news with this for me is that they did confirm that the John Stewart book is still happening. Um, that the backup story in this Green Lantern arc is going to lead into the John Stewart book because uh, that's the one I'm most excited about. Um, it's also written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, who I love so, and who we'll talk about later today, twice I think. And then the last book DC announced was um, Cyborg. Now this was odd. Um, because if Tim Drake can't sell a solo book, I don't know how Cyborg's going to. Uh, <laughs> but sure, okay, he is my fifth favorite Teen Titan of the okay. of the the Big Seven. Yeah, you know, like I don't <laughs> I don't really like him very much. I think he's kind of bland, and putting him in the Justice League for the New Fifty Two really didn't help matters. Because as I pointed out before, it felt like they're like, we need a black guy, but we don't want to use Jon Stewart. Well, we have three. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It just felt weird. But 
Um, this one's going to be courtesy of Morgan Hampton and Tom Rainey. I mean, the art looks cool. I'm down with the art for it. Um, and it is going to be going down. This is the weird thing. This is the thing DC does that I don't like. This solo book is going to be about him going back to Detroit and trying to live a simpler life. But I'm like, no, he's in the Titans right now. He's literally oh, yeah. one of the biggest heroes on the planet. I'm like, you can't do both of these. <laughs> like, that's not how it works. So I don't know. I, and don't you dare call it a season one just to take it back. I know. I, I don't know. I'm just kind of like, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I'm not going to buy it. I'm, it's unfortunate, but I buy a lot of comics already. So mm-hmm. the other DC news that's important is Warner Brothers continues its fucking Reaper death march through its back catalog and have canceled Titans and Doom Patrol. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think Doom Patrol would come, but people really liked that one. I didn't see a lot of hate in that one on that show. There's a lot of Titans love. There's a lot of Titans love. That's cool. That's one I kind of I felt like more mixed. Like seeing, I felt like I it was like kind of mixed. I think it's bad, but there's a lot of people who it's the same people like CW shows, and I like CW shows, and mm-hmm. I can't stand Titans. <laughs> like, but but Doom Patrol was something that I felt like people kind of generally like liked. Yeah, uh, I would I would agree. Yeah. Um, I wasn't a big fan of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was okay. I know people really like it, and I respect that, and that's their opinion. But it's just it just wasn't for me. There's some really great portrayals in it. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. So, uh, but yeah, both those were canceled, unfortunately, for the fans of them. Now let's talk about Marvel. <laughs> so we're getting a new book in April: Star Wars: Return of the Jedi Ewoks, number one. <laughs> it's going to be written by Alyssa Wong, so already I'm buying it. And illustrated by Lee Garbett, Caspar Vingard, Caspar Vingard Josue, Kyle Fox, really, and Paulina Gonachow. Uh, it's also going to have a Peach Momoko variant cover. See, so goddamn right, I'm gonna buy it. Amazing. Uh, you can actually see the Peach Momoko cover, and I think you might buy it just for this cover. I'm gonna send that to you right now. I'm pretty sure you can figure out which one is the Peach Momoko cover. <laughs> so it's very oh fucking God. cute. Also, the one with the fire in its eyes is fucking terrifying. I yeah, that cover too. is really cool. Yeah. God but yeah. I'm going to get that cover at least. <laughs> it's so cool. Um, I think it's going to be a one shot. Okay. And it's, uh, it's going to be kind of like an anthology type thing. So uh, I like Ewoks. Fuck yeah, let's go. <laughs> so. I better have a, si- a side story of the of the one Ewok that's like shaking his dead friend. That's like should not be in the oh movie. It's so fucking sad. <laughs> I need a backstory on those two. Yeah. Uh, similar news. Uh, Peach Momoko is joining Star- in Marvel's Star Wars universe for a variety of covers celebrating Women's History Month. Oh, whoa! And I'm sending those to you because there's an Admiral Holdo one. And there's a couple others. You'll you'll see. So, oh no shit! These look so cool. Yeah, the Leia one in the uh, the Bush uh, uh, costume. But yeah, uh, these are really really cool. Um, I mean the Holdo one. Yeah, the, the Holdo one is really pretty. With the badass move she pulled in the in the movie, like ah uh, yeah, I'm here for that. So, yeah, more Star Wars books I have to buy. <laughs> so, um, that's all the Star Wars stuff. So, let's move on to actual Marvel news. 
We're getting another Guardians of the Galaxy one-shot. Uh, this one is called Guardians of the Galaxy Bane of Blastar. And as you might guess, they're going to be fighting Blastar. <laughs> um, it is going to be coming from Ralph Macchio, not that one, and David <laughs> Tinto. Uh, so that's cool. That'd be a nice throwback because Ralph, you know, does the it's kind of the older style writing. But um, it definitely looks like it's bridging the gap between where we are now and the new Western style thing. So Okay. Uh, next up, uh, we're getting a new book from Marvel called Extreme Venomverse in May. And this is a, uh, it's a new, uh, it's honoring the 35th anniversary of Venom. And it's a five issue limited series, uh, going basically kind of a multiverse, but for Venom, essentially. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Edge of Venomverse, essentially is the best way to think of it. It's, it's, and, a, they've done this before, like an Edge of Venomverse. Yeah. Uh, it what says uh, it's supposed to be extreme universe is the idea. It's gonna be yeah. similar there. They said um, in the first issue we're gonna see an Eddie Brock who is the Spider-Man of the story, and that's gonna come from Ryan North. Ooh, yeah. It also features a story from Merker and Dolfo <laughs> about the entire Brock family, including Dylan, as well as an entry from Leonardo Romero, which depicts and I'm gonna say these three words, four words: Venom as a samurai. <laughs> so I am here for that. That sounds fun. Uh, next up, Ghost Rider and Wolverine have a crossover coming up. Oh, sick! Yeah, it's oh, Benjamin Percy, you motherfucker. <laughs> yep, it's called Ghost Rider slash Wolverine Weapons of Vengeance. That's dope. It comes from Benjamin Percy and art by Jeff Shaw, who did Guardians <gasps> of Galaxy and Thanos. Oh my god! I mean, like, yeah, all, all the Donny Cates books. Fuck yes, that's going to be awesome. It's a mini crossover, Mm -hmm. and this will count towards the thing at the end of the year because it's uh, the issues are Ghost Rider Wolverine Weapons of Vengeance Alpha. Um, Story will continue in Ghost Rider 17, Wolverine 36, and then Ghost Rider Wolverine Weapons of Vengeance Omega. So it's a four issue mini across three different books. So nice. Two of which we already get. So, (laughs) like, yeah. But yeah, Benjamin Percy bringing them together. He didn't mention Wolverine's coming back. He said that when he first appeared in Ghost Rider. Yeah. So it did kind of set us up for it. So, uh, but yeah, and the, there's a whole like, there's a whole promo about what it's about. But I love the last line. What secrets will they uncover when their hunt leads them to an ultra secret and hellish branch of the infamous Weapon Plus program? Oh. <laughs> so yeah, really cool. Uh, next up. Benjamin Percy, <laughs> keep him going. Uh, in an exclusive interview to CBR, has revealed that X Force Thirty Nine will add Laura Kinney, aka Wolverine, oh, and Colossus to the actual X Force team. Finally, fucking finally, yeah. So that's really interesting. Um, this this is hmm. okay. So we're, is Logan going? We might have gotten a spoiler. So here's the thing. He said in the interview, I can't say too much because spoilers, but X-Force needs a Wolverine. And if Logan is walking away, they desperately need someone to take his place. Mm -hmm. Now, here's my question for you. Which Laura? Oh, no shit. Yeah. (laughs) Because, yeah. (laughs) Like... That's interesting. You know what I mean? I don't know. We'll see. I I, I take uh, um, um, Laura from the vault 
because they, they have that. She has that bond with with Forge. Yeah. Mm, we'll see. It'll be interesting. Uh, that leads me to my last comic book Marvel news. And she'd be away from Everett, like too much away, like from Everett, the other one. Yeah, true. So they have announced what they're doing with Avengers. Oh, like have post uh, post Jason. Yes. Have you Ooh, heard about no. this yet? Oh mm-hmm. my god. They're rebooting. Okay. It's coming out in May. I'm so excited. I've I've barely contained myself. Okay. Let's run down the team. For this new one? Or the current? Yes, for the new team. Oh, cool, cool. They they revealed it? Cool. The leader is Captain Marvel. Carol? Yes. Cool. Iron Man, Captain mm-hmm. America, Thor. Black Panther. So let's pause there for a second. Yeah. <laughs> He's kind of on the outs right now. They, 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 they put him out. <laughs> they kicked his ass out. Are they just going to make him not the leader? And they're just like, you could stay, but you can't lead us anymore. <laughs> like, I love that. And also, oh, I'm so excited. The Vision and Scarlet Witch. Oh, whoa. This is what a classic team. I know, like, right? Taking it back, back. Yes. And it's going to spin directly out of, because it's a reboot, so it'll be a number one. Mm-hmm. It spins directly out of the timeless one shot about King that I read. Okay. So, are you ready for the creative team? Oh, shit. Okay. The artist is C.F. Via, who I love. Mm -hmm. It's going to be written by Jed McKay. Whoa. (laughs) Right? The man has made all of the right moves. You get Avengers, you get get, get Lock on Marvel. Wow, my man made all of the right moves. Yep. And, Holy uh, shit! For those who aren't familiar with Siavia, he did a lot of uh, Jed's black black cat stuff. Oh, cool! So if you like that art, you'll like this. So, yeah, dude. Well, damn, I, I'm gonna have to come back to Avengers. I haven't been. I'm I'm forever. <laughs> it's Jed, man. Like I've been considering Jason Aaron's run um, for like like the hardcovers, the way I got like Immortal Hulk and the Black mm-hmm. Panther ones. I still need to read. Um, I collect them like that like, are, are really nice, but to follow up on Avengers, I, I'd follow Jed McKay. <laughs> yep, 100%. Uh, the man who gave me an, uh, an invite to the Hellfire Gala. Thanks, Jed. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. So my last bit of news is not comic related, but is Marvel related. Have you seen The Bear, the TV show? No. You need to watch it. It's fucking great. It's about a chef, but oh, that's the, Marvel related. About the casting? Yes. The Thunderbolt casting? Yes. Yes. Ayo Edabiri from the, sh- the Bear is being added to Thunderbolt in a mysterious role. I, I, I love her as Sydney in The Bear. Mm-hmm. She's incredible. I want her to be... I want. I know that show is coming back, actually. So I, I was going to say I want them to do more. She's also a writer. Ooh. You might be excited about this. She is one of the writers on What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, that's awesome! That's really cool. Yeah, like one of your favorite shows. She's yeah. actually one of the writers, which is really cool. So uh, she's very funny. I'm so excited to see if she can be. I don't even want to speculate. You know what I mean? Like I know, and especially when we know so little on, like, I mean, that Thunderbolt. I don't want to say like it's such a basic idea, but like when how what we know of Marvel now, taking it to like this kind of mundane team, 
yeah, like what kind of like secret role is she gonna get? I'm really excited. I fucking love how Marvel or Marvel has been pulling these actors or like these relative relevant new actors and just locking them down. Like they're great, great, great move there. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that makes the MCU work is the mm-hmm. fact they there's obviously some exceptions. Oh yeah, but, yeah. But for the most part, they really do like like Chris Hemsworth was no one. Right. Like until he became Thor. You know what I mean? Like there's a couple exceptions, but they're really good at that. And especially for like villains or side parts, mm-hmm. they pull people out and then those people explode. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm very excited to see what's going to happen. And I'm excited to see what the character is because I love Thunderbolts. And yes. even if it's not the Thunderbolts I'm used to, which it obviously isn't going to be, I'm still excited. So, well, I'm just like, I'm so curious how they're going to like really lean, lean into just like nothing but baddies. So like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there for it. I think it's going to be more of a secret Avengers thing is what I think it's going to be. Okay. Because I think they want to stick away from Suicide Squad. Yeah. Comparisons. So I think they're going to lean more towards that kind of like spy thing, mm-hmm. which is cool. I'm down. So. All right. That's it I got for news. Unless you had anything else I might have missed. Mm, no. I did see that you your um your store hosted was it Henry Barajas the the, yes. the guy that did uh season, season of the Bruja. Bruja. Yeah, coming for a signing. Yeah, I I, want, I wish I could have found that book after issue one. I never found it again. Oh, uh, really? I, I, I think yep. I missed one. I need to go through like my inventory, but I, I kind of kept up with that. Just I need to put it upon actually read it. Yeah, I liked what I read. So nice, awesome. All right, well. As always, we don't start with a bang. We start with a boom, and we're going to start with Boom Studios. And we got three books. Some of us have three books. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, let's start with Damn Them All number four. Uh, so, written by Cy Spurrier, illustrated by Charlie Adler, colored by Sophie Dodgson with Shane Hannah Cui, and letter by Jim Campbell. What cover did you get? Um, I actually want the variant because I just I really love her so much. I did too. Oh, you found one? But I got yeah. the one per store. Oh, one per store. Nice. Damn, like Stog- your the red on yours looks so much more vibrant than mine. Yeah, Stoggy hooked me up. So nice. <laughs> um it was the only one on the wall. I was like, oh, and he's like, that's one per store. Do you want it? And it was a reason very reasonable price for one per store. I'm <laughs> like, uh, yeah, let's do it. So yes. Um so this was a really good issue. I really yeah. liked it. Um we get introduced, first of all, to a demon that no one can control, Andrus, which was really great. Uh, I thought that added a nice little, like, twist to everything, which is like, you don't want to summon him. <laughs> like, that, that fucked everything up. You can't, you can't even control them. But yeah, we also had to deal with the fact that they, they're trying to resolve this issue of all these demons, right? And they have to be creative with how to resolve it. And I really like the, the creativity of it, of how to, how to get rid of these demons. And not to just be a part of the system that they're fostering. You know what I mean? Um, but I also really liked the story of the guy who was mayor for like an hour. Um, oh, yeah. The whole side story. I really enjoyed his arc. I think that was the part of this issue I really liked the most. Because mm-hmm. he just is constantly being tempted. And I just like the way he responds to it. I really, really like that. So really good issue. I liked it. What do you think? It's such an inter- interesting world. Like now that we've kind of like we definitely had to like set a few pieces um, for like on the, during the first three issues. But like now in this one, like we kind of saw, we actually get to see um, a lot of these coming to play. Like 
these two turf war, two uh, 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 a turf war, and being settled through these like demonic coins by like these like summonings, and it's really it's actually really fucking dope. And, like one of them being like yeah, Andres, which is like this agent of chaos, like pure chaos. Um, that was super dope. But like then the battle with the familiars, like between each each of the each of the demons, there's just so much to this to, to the occult uh, of here uh, of of this world, and I like, think there's actually some explanation like per per coin per demon, like it's not just like you know, it's like, yeah, you're buying into all this, but, like, maybe there's, like, some, like, real belief to this. Like, there's, like, some, like, true lore uh, behind all the, um, um, a lot a lot of these. Yeah, it's, it's a book I'm, I'm actually loving, like, following behind. Like, Damn the Mall is awesome. Yep, really good. Very A very size Spurrier book, too. Yes. Yeah, I love that, so. <laughs> all right, next up, Behold, Behemoth, number three. Um, I did go the variant. Oh yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, behold, Behemoth number three, written by Tate Brumble, illustrated by Nick Robles, and lettered by And World Design. Um, this was a really cool issue, and this had some shit that I was like, Josue is gonna love that because it's basically <laughs> like it's basically a monster fight. <laughs> like it's essentially yeah. it's essentially what you love. Like <laughs> so. Um, I really like it. I, I think the, the flashback and flash forward is working really well yes. in this book. Uh, it's very effective to tell the story. And I'm not getting confused. I'm like, wait, are we back in time or anything like that? No, think, no, yeah. I think they're really smart because I think they use a different color palette. Um, it's almost like a camera lens in, in film. If you go between two different time zone, or timelines, you use a different filter and make right. it a slightly different color. And so your brain automatically thinks, oh, I'm back in time mm-hmm. without actually processing that information. So they do that in the book. And I think that's really well done. Um, it's really dope. And, you know, like it's a kaiju fight. There's a great kaiju fight. That's <laughs> What more do you want? So uh, I think it's really cool. And I'm really curious to see where we go from here because of how the battle ended. The, the, the decision the general made, you know, mm-hmm. so very dope. Really liking this. I love all these post-apocalypse books we have right now. So, yes. what are you thinking? Um, shout out to like this page, like the title card page. Oh fuck yeah! And then, but then this one. Yep. Okay. This one specifically, like, and like, and like, with how how this issue excels, it's just like they 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 showed us like all like the or let's say they showed us like some of the rules or, or how, how like the kaiju works, and I really liked it. It, was, it wasn't it wasn't how I thought the book was going to go, um, or how the world was, was going to work, and it's just like it makes sense on, on why they're paired up, like what he has to do. And then towards the end, like how much does the girl really know even about herself? And I'm wondering how long is yeah. that going to carry over? Yeah. And we do get, a, I should mention also, we get um, quite a bit of lore, mm-hmm. which is good. I think that tells us more about what's going on. I think three issues is about a good time to start explaining some stuff. Uh about what she is and why she is and stuff. Right. So, yeah, really good. All right, next up, our final boom book. I'll tell the story. Uh, Once Upon a Time at the End of the World, number three. Mm-hmm. I grabbed it off the wall. I'm like, ooh, in Hyokali cover. Hell yeah. It was a reprint of number two. So I did not get this book. I will this weekend, but I don't have time to get it right now. So this way, run down the creative team and tell me all about it. <sighs> don't worry about spoiling. Uh, did you go through the creative team? Oh, so well, you run it down just. To oh, okay, yeah. So uh, written by Jason Aaron, illustrated by Alexander Tsipinicki, uh, colored by Lee Lufridge, and lettering by Anne World. 
it's like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll say some things, but this really was like the next best issue of the series. Um, because it just, it just, it keeps like holding on, keeps defining that, like it holds on to all of the heart and charm in the world, in this desolate world while being that while then, then you just turn the page and you're just reminded, wait, this shit sucks. We're in at the end of the world. And why am I feeling all these butterflies? Like the, but <laughs> Macheo is just so fucking cute. And like, but, and like, and, and again, like there's like, there's like a little montage of like this, and this issue like, for the first half, it just, it's a lot of like that more of them bonding and it's, it's settling in. And it's like, he's learning from her um, or she's learning from him, all these like different little things while he's learning from her basically how to survive or no, that's right. He's learning from her how to survive. And she's learning from, from him basically how to, how to live. Basically she knows the, there's a lot of cute fucking moments. And the one I will spoil is like basically every night he pulls out the TV and they, they've, they've seen this fucking cartoon so many times. Uh, this, this is this Looney Tunes cartoon basically. And this one time, this one time it was just, it, it just hit different. The joke just hit differently or in the context where like they said something and she laughs. She, she audibly laughs and she freaks out like, wait, what the fuck was that? Why did I make that noise? And he goes like, you, you laugh. Like that was a laugh. You've never laughed before. And again, and you're just reminded how much this whole world sucks. And there's so much more to it. Like, oh, you have to go back for it. I can't wait to talk. And then, and so, and then because, and because like they came out literally at the same time, they're both on number three. Um, this one also does the last issue didn't really do it. I don't remember. I don't remember it doing it, but like the first issue, the end, the, the end does the flash forward as well. Back to old man Macheo. And this time it lasts a little bit longer. And, and it's so dope. Cause I forgot that the, the flash, the flash forward art is done by, um, that's right. Last call out. And then, uh, rightfully, rightfully, uh, let's uh, call it, call him out here. The last, uh, 26 through 30 pages is illustrated by Nick Dragota and colored by Rico Renzi. And I forgot that he does the flash forwards and it just looked, Oh God, I just miss. And just, it gave me all of the East to West, East of West vibes. And it was badass. It was so badass. The shit that you learned from the feature, dude, <laughs> I can't spoil that. No, no, no. It's awesome. I, I, I will get it this weekend. Cool. <laughs> so, awesome. All right. Well, next up, let's switch publishers to after shock comics. Um, it seems like declaring bankruptcy helped them really start putting some books out again. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I hate to be mean, but a lot of these books, I'm like, holy crap, I forgot about this book. Yeah. Let's start with, oh, I didn't forget about the vineyard because I love the vineyard. Vineyard right. three. So sick. Oh, God, I love this book. Uh, written by Brian Hawkins, art by Sammy Cavella, art or color by Jason Murdy, letter by Taylor Esposito. This is the one about the family that runs the vineyard. But they're also secretly worshiping Bacchus, and they have to sacrifice humans to him every year in order to keep their their wine uh, tasting amazing. Mm-hmm. And the the father is put into a wheelchair so he can no longer do it. So the son has to take up the the mantle because the wife just won't do it. Also, their daughter is back visiting, and she's against the whole thing. She thinks they're all crazy, and. It's really good. Like, I just... Okay, first of all, it made me want wine. I really wanted some wine. And I was just like, that looks delicious. I want this wine. Um, I mentioned before the, like, dryads. The, like, wood nymphs that seem to be, like, having sex with him all the time. 
Mm-hmm. It seems like no one can see them, but but the actual two guys, the two worshippers, because they keep doing shit like this. Oh, ooh! And no one can see them but them. So it's like really interesting. Um, they need to make two more sacrifices this year, and they have a week to finish it. Well, the son ends up sacrificing somebody, but the daughter's husband oversees, and that's the last thing we see. Nice. It's him, him freaking out. So we'll see. I don't know if the last issue or the next issue is the last one or not. We'll see. But I really like the vineyard. It's one of my favorite Aftershock books. So next up, last line number two. This one has been a while, but I really like it. Um, written by Richard Dinnick, art by Jose Holder, colors by Kelly Fitzpatrick, and letter by Dave Sharp. Uh, I won't get too much into it, but basically, like, this is the one that's about like the the British secret uh, secret agency that is handling like like all I, I don't want to say supernatural, but you know the, the weird shit. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And in this case, it appears to be an alien, a dog alien, in fact. And they um, they try to interrogate it. Oh, and also this this girl who drives a, a subway, a tube driver is just drawn into the group because she was there for something. So she's part of them now. Um, but uh, they're, inter- they're interrogating this dog and it's like, I'm hungry. And so they give it a cookie and they don't realize it's chocolate and it kills it. <laughs> they kill the dog because dogs are allergic to chocolate, which is really funny. <laughs> and so they end up finding like this secret base and re- realize that this is like this cool underground base used to be like the base of this organization back in the day. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have like they didn't have this information, so they found it, and it's this really cool, awesome base. They unthaw two people that worked the base who froze themselves to be there when they're needed. It oh. becomes this whole thing. It becomes very Torchwood if you're a Torchwood fan. Okay, um, which I was a huge Torchwood fan. I actually like it more than Doctor Who, and it, you know it's just a secret organization in England doing these things, and it really kind of sets up the future, which I really like. So, yeah, I really like this book. I hope it keeps going because I, I think it's a really nice setup and it definitely appeals to a lot of things I already love. So, right, right. And our final aftershock book of the week is samurai doggy. Number three. <clears throat> this is my host way recommendation of the week. And I have them or well, number three is in my box, but it's like, I promise it's one of those I will be catching up on written in letter by Chris Tex, art colors and letters by Santos. This is one long anime fight scene. Oh, that's awesome. That's the awesome. Entire issue. Dude, there's some shots. Okay, I, 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 yeah, let me see some. There's gonna be some uh, like gaps in audio while I show this way things, but I'll try my best to explain. Um, there are, yeah, just to drive uh, here, buy them tomorrow. There are five Come double by. page spreads in a row. Oh, sick. Okay, <laughs> so here's the first one. Like, that's yeah, awesome. yeah, that's and cool. then these three are the same shot. Mm-hmm. Three double page spreads are the same shot with a little bit of time fast. So I'll, I'll do them for you. Oh, just uh, uh huh. And then the actual motion coming down. <laughs> That's cool. And then. Oh. And it ends with my favorite shot of the book. <laughs> that's just him cutting right through somebody this book is really cool he just re- oh and also like this one dude um 
takes the kid hostage at the end. He's like, let, the, uh, let me go and I'll let the kid go. And he just rushes him. <laughs> and the very last shot of the issue is this. Just blowing oh, right through. Cool. It's so great, dude. This book is so good. Like, the art is incredible. I don't even need to talk about it more. Pick up Samurai Doggy. It's fucking great. So. All right, moving on to IDW very briefly. I got Dead Seas, number two. Cool cover. Cool-ass cover. So, uh, this is the one about the convicts who are on the um, on the ship in the middle of the ocean who have to... Um, so, yeah, it, it's like this boat where all these ghosts are being kept and these prisoners are doing basically work duty to work off some of their time scooping up the ectoplasm, but a ghost gets away. And the last issue, a ghost gets out. One of the guys kills himself. It's this whole thing. Well, this issue is them getting the ghost back. Uh, so this one is written by uh, Kevin Scott, art by Nick Brokenshire, letters by Sean Lee. And it's really cool. Like, there's like an asshole prisoner. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's just say he gets what's coming to him, which is really <laughs> cool. I really like this this book. I think it's really cool. I like the idea of a ghost as a resource, you know, which is something that we kind of played with in Homesick Pilots. But this is literally... An industry, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, okay. And it also shows a whole bunch of different sides of this, like different people wanting to control it, um, which is really cool. I really like this book. I think, um, yeah, it, it's there's not a lot of IDW books going right now that I'm reading, and uh, this is probably my favorite going right now. So yeah, yeah. Which brings me to our next publisher, four-time Remy nominee this year, Ablaze Publishing. Uh, I got this is funny because you're talking about laughter and the once once of a time at the end of the world. Oh yeah. Got traveling to Mars number three. And my description for the tweet is laughter is the best medicine. So Aww. written by Mark Russell, art by Roberto De Carmelli, colored by Chiara de Francia, and letter by Mattia Gentili. This is the one about the guy that's being sent to Mars to claim it for the company. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's dying of cancer. He'll probably die on Mars. Mm-hmm. And he's still making the journey. And oh, he hasn't made it yet. Oh no, the whole thing is the the journey. Not he's not there yet. He hasn't. Oh, so the story is like him dealing with the fact he's alone in a tin can for six months, essentially. And it's really interesting. It it focuses more on his ex wife, which he's talked about quite a bit. But this is really the focus of the story. Mm -hmm. And he kind of deals. He remembers like the first time his parents met his wife and stuff like goes through a lot of flashbacks he also has this mandated therapy once a week with this therapist through video chat and they have this really interesting discussion let's just say this book fucked me up okay this is oh. it fucked me up because they basically had a discussion about what is immortality you know what wh- who is immortal and he's talking about how like you know the most famous person on the planet you know can be forgotten within like a few hundred years and he, they talk about how the the oldest person we still remember today was Sargon of Akkad from 4,300 4, years ago. But human beings were around for 200,000 years before that. So there's 200,000 years of humans who we just know nothing about. <laughs> and it's like, holy fuck. And then he goes into like what immortality actually means. And it'd be like the, the easiest way to become immortal is to become a museum piece. Like, if he got found by aliens and, like, dead, and then they're like, this is the first ever human. They're like, that's the best way to, like, 
actually achieve immortality. And it's really interesting. And then that's not the part that got me, even though I am very morbid with shit like that. It's in the flashback when he's spending time with his parents, his dad's talking to him. And his dad's like, your mother and I are very happy. You brought Candace over for Thanksgiving. To be honest, it's not something I ever imagined happening. And he goes, why? Did you think I was gay? And the dad goes, no, you have to care about someone to be gay. I just imagine you spend your whole life alone. Like, look, I've been wrong about an awful lot in my life, but I'm pretty confident when I say this, whoever you become, whatever you do, it's better to do it with someone. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, like you have to care about someone. <laughs> I was like, ah, like, so great book. It's, it's messing with me though. And I'm really curious to see what Mars thinks. I can't wait for her to come back and let me know, uh-huh. but really, really good stuff. Next up dynamite, right? The boom. Uh, I guess we could work that into boom somehow. Anyway, no, I refuse to <laughs> as normal. Uh, Darkwing Duck number one. <laughs> I got uh, two. I got two covers of this. Yeah, out of which ones did you get? <laughs> I, I got the I got the DNA cover, and then I got one where he's making sexy eyes, and I got them both. And I was like, one of these is for Liz because Liz is the biggest Darkwing Duck fan I know. Mm-hmm. And so I, I bought them both. I'm trying to see who the artist was of the Darkwing. One, the other one I got. Um, that one is it's the Mercury and Dolphin cover, of course. Um, so I had a, I bought them both, and I'm like, Liz will just pick one. So I came up and I was looking at him as I was about to show her. I'm like, she's gonna take the sexy eyes one, and I showed him up and she's like that one. And I'm like, the sexy eyes one. I knew you would. So it's pretty funny. But oh, she uh, already took it. Damn, I want to see it. Oh yeah, she's already got it. I'll get her to send you a picture of it. Uh, script by Amanda Debert, art by Carlo Laura, who does the colors as well, and lettered by Jeff Eckleberry. It's a Darkwing Duck book. Yeah. Which means it's great. I mean, <laughs> I'm not trying to be belittle it at all. I love Darkwing Duck. Um, this one is, uh, they're basically doing like an award ceremony to honor him. And it goes wrong because it gets attacked, of course, by Megavolt, who's one of my favorite villains, I think. Of Darkwing Ducks, probably. Mm-hmm. I like Megavolt. And they have to work together to stop him. It's it's also like kind of like a semi-preachy, we use our phones too much thing, but not in a bad way. Um, just He basically is able to mind control everybody that uses their phones. And Jocelyn, or Gosselin doesn't have a phone, so she doesn't get mind controlled, which helps. Because so, he won't let her get one. And so it, it's really good. And it's got Launchpad. It's got all the major characters you'd expect. Um, I'm very excited. I, I love Darkwing Duck, so damn it, I'm going to be right. <laughs> so, I, I looked it up, and it, the Mercon Dolphin one, it, it is a dope-ass cover. Yeah, but you see, he's all like, sexy come hither look. I'm like, mm-hmm. It's like hidden in all that cape. It's just so good. <laughs> yeah. And my other Dynamite book is Gargoyles. Mm-hmm. Number two. Written by Greg Wiseman. Art by George Combadeus. Letter by Jeff Eckleberry. Now, this one, I got the Leslie Lee cover. And I love this cover. Let me see. Because she looks amazing. Because <sighs> she's the best. God. Yeah. Love her so much. So, after the first issue, which really mostly just caught us up on all the characters, which mm-hmm. was very welcome. Because as I said last time I reviewed it, I was like, oh, yeah, that character. Like, I'd forgotten so much I didn't realize. Now, we're actually dealing with, like, what's going on, which is the, the baby's about to be born. Um and it's really cool because it's like you got all the Goli- I mean, you got all the gargoyles, 
and all these other characters, um, all these other powered characters and stuff, just focused on this this pregnant woman giving birth to the baby. And then she gets kidnapped, and it's like, man, whoever kidnapped her just brought down all the fucking trouble. You know what I mean? Like, like you don't even <laughs> understand the shit you just started. Um, it's really cool. I, I really, really liking it. Um, I love seeing all these characters again. I cannot remember if Bronx was in the last issue. The one that's kind of like a, a dog to them. Right. I, no, yeah, I don't think you mentioned him. But he is in this one. So Okay. And uh yeah, he's just obviously great. He's really fun. Um yeah, I just love this book and I I've always I've always said I really like George Comedias's art. I really think it's great. So it's a really good match and the, again, the cover, the cover is gorgeous. So Oh god, she's the best. Yeah. So wonderful. Which brings us to the next indie publisher, which is What Not Publishing. And with the return of Quested for issue 2. So I went to Samurai late in the day and I picked this up and Stoggy's like, finally, I'm like, what? He's like, we got so many covers for that. We got so many cover A. We only got one of that cover and no one picked it up. He's like, it'd be the first book I'd pick up. And I'm like, are you kidding? I can't wait to show this to my co-host because. Oh, really? It's a Shonen homage. (laughs) In Arizona and no one picked that up? Yeah, exactly. That's what I said. Wow. Oh, that that's a great that's a great cover. So, yeah, <laughs> great homage. I'll, I'll be like closer up. So yeah, no, it's perfect. It's fucking everything great, about like dude. the bike, the eyes, the 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 sword, the design of the sword. Okay, like I love it. Love it. It's great. Yeah. So stories by Michael Calero and Thomas Parson. Script and letters by Michael Calero. Art by Kit Wallace. <sighs> This is that really kind of off-the-wall goofy one about adventurers. In the last issue, his partner was pretending to be the princess in trouble so he could rescue her and make money from the kings. Um, In this one, there's like a massive quest that is up for grabs. And all the big adventurers show up, including um, Jon Snowlow, the Warlocker, and Lunk. So... (laughs) You can probably figure out Han Solo, Witcher, and sure. a heavy set link. Yeah. And then there's <laughs> also there's also Mandar, who is basically He Man. Okay, yeah. Um there's also a Xena ripoff uh that's briefly mentioned. Mm. But basically there's a there's a moment where like who will take on this mighty quest? And all the heroes are chiming in. And the warlocker is like, You have my plumbata. And then uh, it's um, Han Solo. You have my glaive, Lunk. You have my caltrop. And the guy's like, "What the hell's a caltrop?" He's like, "It's a sharp, spiky thing you can use to poke your enemies." <laughs> then Zena's like, "You can have my chakram of protection." And the main character's like, "I can't be the only one who brought a sword, right?" <laughs> Which I thought was great. Um, and then the main character makes up. Oh, well, first of all, there's a. You, one does not simply walk into Mordor reference. Dope. Which is fucking great. And he basically makes up all the dangers along the way. So everybody else is like, oh, this sounds dangerous. Bye. And they all leave. And then he reveals there's actually a train going straight where they need to go. And <laughs> nice. all, all they have to do, there's a magical D20 that this guy once destroyed. It's like controlled his whole life. And he's like, just throw it into the pit, fire pit and it'll be destroyed. Don't ever use it because it'll it, it basically becomes the ring of power from Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. He's don't ever use it. 
So he ends up accidentally using it. It's like, oh, look how useful that was. And so he pretends to destroy it, but keeps it. And that's how it ends. So, yeah, I'm really liking this book. It's very wild. It's a lot of fun. And just the fucking cover. The fucking cover, dude. I'm actually, yeah, I'm surprised no one got it. Yeah, it was, it's very surprising to me. You, you know, you know. It's, 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 it's adorable. It's like, it's a good, it's a particular niche. Again, like well, where you're, where you're at, like and nobody had eyes on it. I would, I would have nabbed it for sure, for sure. As weeby as this area is, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I have the list here. Like you said, from from whatnot publishing. Yeah, yeah. Let me see what cover, what the cover A is. What was so special about it? It's I, I know what it looks like. It's not super. Spe- I mean, it's cool, but it's not like, you know, it's called Quested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have it here. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, sure, it's cool, sure, but there's <laughs> that's a great homage. I know, right? That's what I said. I was like, all right, cool, I guess. Yeah, damn. I'm I'm, sorry. I'm just as surprised. I hope there's more of them. I'll keep my <laughs> Yeah, that'd be cool. So, uh, but yeah, that's it for Quested. Let's move on to Image Comics. We got a little bit of a list. Let's start with Hatomi number yes. four. Oh, man. Created and written by HS Talk. Art by Isabella Mazanti. Layouts by Nicoletta B, colors by Valentina Napolitano, and letters by Rob Jones. Basically, our heroes, quote, I'm putting quotes around the heroes, go their separate ways. Yeah. And that's a very interesting thing at this point. Um, there's also, like, there's the unspoken thing between them that we've kind of talked about. Mm-hmm that how they're related to each other in the past Mm -hmm. and i always kind of thought maybe he didn't realize what that was yeah but now i'm starting to think he knows right like they're they're destined to meet at the circle down the line yeah and it's that that makes it even more interesting to me yeah (laughs) and i really love how much he's putting on the line for her like i I mean it makes him more of an actual hero to me even when you think about it, I mean, like, I just like, what are you talking about? Like, is it the part where it's like he has like that ticket home? But is he, is he staying because of for her to finish that out, or is he staying because of what his definition was? Which is like also logistically, it makes it makes sense. It's not re- it doesn't it never came as an excuse uh, to me on like on like the his definition of like oh what home like what is it what does a home mean to him especially way the fuck back then when it's like yeah being taken at such a such a young age what home like wh- wh- where would you find it um but is it yeah is or is he staying because like to fulfill it's for to let her fulfill out her destiny like what <laughs> like yeah it's really good this is i loved this issue i love the fight with her and the, th- the three dudes Oh my god! No, her montage was so fucking sick. The whole day, I, by my count, you killed seven men, eight, I eight, <laughs> like she was like and then the rumor spread to ten. Like, oh, she's so badass. Yeah, I love it. it what a great book! This has been such a great book. It's, so. it's a really good book. I, 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 I the the third issue I think is my favorite because it felt super standalone and like what she did at the end, which is like so so dope. Uh, but this is also a great issue. Like, I'm I'm really gonna be sad to see it go. <laughs> it's yeah. like to be concluded. Yeah. Next up, I'm going to talk about plush number three. Mm-hmm. Here's our furry swimming in the lake of blood. <laughs> um, so, written by Doug Wagner, art by Daniel Hilliard, colored by Rico Renzi, and letter by Ed, Ed Dukeshire. I love this book so much. I really don't like how much I like this book. <laughs> um, 
we get to know the furries finally. Okay. And it's great because like they're openly like, yeah, we eat people. <laughs> like they're like, yeah, we're cannibals. And um it's treated very strangely. I, I don't know how to explain it. It's it's very fun. They live in a uh a, like a mansion kind of place. Mm-hmm. Um and Long story short, they get away from the cops, but the cops are probably on their way, is the idea. Um, the cat girl gets out of her costume and is super cute, and he's like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> so he's like instantly in love, which I knew that was where they were going, and it turns out the leader is kind of like trying to push them together. He's like, oh, yeah, they look like they're in love. You find out the leader only eats vegetarians or vegans, which is hilarious. Wow. <laughs> like, It's like the vegetarian of the fucking cannibal world, which is hilarious. I love that. It's just really cool. And this, this one, that one, that face never takes it. Never takes its mask off. Everyone else has that one is never taking it off that I can see. (laughs) So it's really cool. I'm really enjoying it. It's insane. It's violent. Just, it's creepy as fuck. I love it. Ah, good stuff. Next up, hell to pay. Number three, I'll be relatively quick with this one. This is the one about the people collecting the coins that summon demons. Imagine that. <laughs> so, <laughs> Written by Charles Soule, art by Will Sliney, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg, and letter by Chris Crank. I actually really like this book a lot. Um, in the last one, you might remember a demon helped a guy create the stock market, essentially, basically making value from nothing um, and introducing capitalism to the world. So thanks a lot, demon. This time they show another flashback of a guy using one of these uh, coins and the demon basically taught him about industrialism. He's This guy's just like, oh, we have all these artisans and they charge so much for their services and they take so long. And the demon's like, what if I told you you could build the factory and take a bunch of unskilled people and pay them less, but they'll make more. <laughs> and so that begins industrialism. And he, yeah. she's even like, you could even employ children. They would need jobs too. It is just like fucked up. It's just, uh, but yeah, they're basically going on the hunt for this guy that's making all these new demon coins. Um, and they're still against that time limit because she's pregnant and they're trying to get it done before anyone realizes she's pregnant because it's against the rules. They actually recruit someone who used to work for the circle and is now going to help them because he's their old friend. And I love him. He is fantastic. He's just absolutely ridiculous. This is him right here. And if he is, like, he's just the best. And that's his hot Italian girlfriend. So, <laughs> okay. um, he decides to help them. And you find out that he has, like, some serious magic power. Like, he's, oh, he shit. starts blasting them with fire and stuff. Yeah. And then they summon a demon to attack him. And he blasts it. And then, where is it? Oh, it's next page. No, nope, here it is. He fucking eats yeah. it. Oh, that, that, that shot with the extended mouth. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, but unfortunately, he does die at the end. That day, okay. the guest. But the main male character gets captured. So that's kind of where it leaves off. Now, I got to talk about the post post uh, letter at the end because it's from Charles Soule and Will Sliney, of course. Mm-hmm. They have made, and I got to go see if these are available, They've actually made 666 actual coins based on the coins in the story for sale. Oh. 
And it's with a special variant of Hell to Pay number one. You have to buy them online. And it says, if you get a coin, you can spend it if you see us in person. And it says, it's a bit of a devil's bargain. So here's how it works. If you see us, you can trade your coin to us for a roll of a six-sided die. If you roll a one, you get a beautiful custom sketch drawn by Will and dialogued by me. Oh. Worth, than, more, worth more than what you paid for the coin. That'll be a really nice piece. Or a one-to-one artist proof of a page from the book. If you roll a two through a five, you get your coin back and can never spend it again. Oh, wait. Ooh. If you roll a six, you lose your coin. <laughs> That's awesome. I know. I, if it's not expensive, I'm getting one. <laughs> so, yeah, that'd actually yeah. be cool. I just hold on to it for like a con. Yeah, I love this lore. I think it's really dope. Uh, just, I would like to hold on to the coin, get that variant, have them sign that variant. That'd be the coolest collector's item. Because you know there's one. only 666 of them. <laughs> and some people are going to spend theirs. So, like, yeah. But yeah, really good. I love this story. I love I love this whole thing of, like, organization going out with a very specific thing they handle, handling it. You know what I mean? That's always been an arc I really like. So, all right. That brings us to the supersized Inferno Girl Red number one. Yes. Written by Matt Groom. Art by Erica Durso, both of which are co-creators. Claire by Igor Monte. Uh, backgrounds by Lorenzo Tometa, colors by our co-assistant Sabrina Del Grasso, and letter by Becca Carey. This is cool because it's like it's kind of similar to what happened with Rogue, uh, with uh, my blank Rogue. What's his name? Rogue Son. Rogue Son. Thank you. I was like, my brain was going Rogue One, and I'm like, no, <laughs> like stupid brain. Um, yeah, Rogue Son, where. The first one we we met probably isn't the same one that we have right now, obviously. In in Rogue Sun, we the time was a little wacky. Um, but this one, I think I think it's pretty safe to sure safe to say that when they met Inferno Girl Red in that crossover, it was probably the original. Probably. I mean, we have to look at her suit again because it's like the initial suit is like a lot of white. And I think I remember seeing the suit being like the one that's been advertised that we know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm tripping. So I, I mean, I, I don't really remember the details of like that. I'd have to go back and read it. So mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but I love this story. I love the setup. This is some good shit. This is superhero comics done right. And I love it. Um, young girl goes to, goes to this new school, you know, for geniuses. It's great. Um, her mom used to be a reporter that uh, originally reported on Infernal Girl Red and now can't get a job because she was the only person who believed Infernal Girl Red was real. And then, big twist, the entire city is just sucked up into space in a bubble. And because it's such a technologically advanced city, they have the technology to basically advance floating around in space. <laughs> so, um, I really liked this story. And I love how literally compact it's going to be because all the adventures will have to take place in this city and there's no leaving this city and there's <laughs> yeah. also no backup you know what i mean like it's just literally it's a limited resources story and i really like that it's a really good idea and also we need some interesting side characters i love her uh her um roommate I think she's great. She's a little too chill with everything going on, which was a little <laughs> funny. She's like, hey, there's a monster outside, by the way. <laughs> like, I'm like, what? Bitch, run. Like, so long story short, this girl ends up getting the watch in a straight up magical girl transformation moment, which I fucking loved, by the way. 
like the whole like put two fingers like this thing. Oh I'm yeah, no. I'm... <laughs> like and yeah, she becomes the new Infernal Girl Red. I loved this. I thought this was really cool. The fact that this is only going three issues is really sad. Yeah. But there, this is a big thick ass issue. Yeah, no, I really like I really like uh, that going for it. Yeah, so I really liked it. What do you think? I fucking love this book, dude. <laughs> I just I've been reflecting a lot recently on like how much I've been really loving the massive verse. Every book has just been a hit. I really do love every, every reading every single one of them, exploring the world on like of these superheroes, on these sentais, and now most importantly, this particular uh, fucking writer. This is like straight. This is straight up like uh, speaking of Toku books I, that people are bitching about this week. People are not talking about Inferno Go Red that did a lot of common writer shit, not a lot of Tokusatsu stuff right, like that Henshin. There's so many. There's so many great moments in common writer where. Um, the belts come from um, this organization or like this government agency. They have like the, they're, they're working their prototype with the belt and, and it's our hero. That's just like this regular person and the hero uh, role gets thrust upon him. And now he, the government doesn't know how to work with this kid that he's is the hero. And so they, and there's a lot of moments where they teach the person how to do the henshin. And that's like the mom scene in this one. It's like, you have to do this and this and say in, um, Inferno Ignite. And sometimes you have to say it loud and it's kind of mandatory. And then like the perfect reaction like it is in the shows. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it's, we gotta run. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. And it's just like, it's like, and like, it's such a trope. It's, it's such a trope in, in like in the, in the genres. It's like, and it works here. It's so dope. Um, and then the other thing I love about her detail that I don't remember, maybe I, I loved it back then too, but again, it's been a while since we've seen her. I love that she has like the cape going on for her and it works. But then when she's flying, the cape is has actually been split and like they go out like wings. <laughs> I love that detail so much. Yeah. Visually, just a really gorgeous book. Yeah. Like, it's all so the characters are drawn really well. I really like it. Story's cool. It's a good hook. It's mm-hmm. addictive. It again, imagining this for only three issues is making me really sad. <laughs> like, yes. So I'm hoping we get more out of it later. So big crossover. Still crossing my fingers for that. <laughs> so awesome. Next up. <sighs> okay. Love sick. Number four. Yeah. Uh, story and art by Luana Vecchio with the English adaptation by Edward Chow. Oh man, uh, it's so good, but this book fucks me up every time <laughs> I read it, and I don't think any issue has fucked me up as much as this one, because it's literally all about Domino's like damage. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's about her trauma, and I was just like, "Fuck, man!" Like it was so sad, and uh it's it's also obviously very bloody, very gory, which we're, this is. You know, that's what the story is known for as far as visuals go. Um, and fuck do I hate that guy, by the way. Let me tell you. Like, yeah. I don't think there's a comic book character I can think of I hate more than him now. Like, fuck him. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so, Jesus. Um, yeah, where do we go from here? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, jeez. But it's it's very... It's a lot. That's what I'll say. Not to, not to. I think I say that every time when we talk about this, but not to quote Twenty One Savage, but this is a lot. <laughs> so, uh, 
I always like to defer to you because I know this is one of your favorite books. What did you think? Yeah, no, it, it really is. Um, it's visually, it is a gorgeous book to follow. Um, but man, it has it been slowly coming up with the fucking punches. This book, this issue in particular, was very heavy. This book is really not for everyone. It's not going to be for everyone. It's very, very trigger warning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And this issue in particular, um, I re- I really like I like how kind of like the the bigger scope finally came finally came into play with me where um, where Luana has stated how this was like intended to be like a very short run like when it was like the first like basically three issues but then more came out of it and more has come out of it and so I got really excited when you get the title card Lovesick they did the Monster Mash Part One on issue four and like it just gave me like that like sense of like longevity or it's like we had an initial just like prologue now we can really start unfolding and holy shit where like this issue is just like it's about control and like the power of over someone with that control and just like how much of a dark turn someone can just like take it and like hold on to to just like that power dynamic on someone and just like let it all come back to domino fuck like yeah i know that this this book is heavy it's just like it's one this is mostly like to talk about like in person or with someone like here but like holy shit like it's like we can't really go into detail on like how much we can actually share about this issue as well it's good if you are if you're okay with with yeah depictions of trauma like talk to me in person fucking hit me up on like uh, on my dms but it's a lot (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it really is so we love you loana keep going yo absolutely yeah next up the return The return of the return of Saga. <laughs> yes. They're back for at least three or four issues. Uh, issue number 61 of Saga. Art by Fiona Staples, written by Brian K. Vaughn. Letters and design by Phonographics. Um, so we're back, and... <laughs> fucking hell, this book. I, I should be mad, more mad at this book every time, but it keeps coming back and getting me. I'm like, you bastards. Um, so... Let's start with the bad. Fuck the will. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Yes. It's still, it's still the fucking. I told worst. you. I've been I fucking told you forever. I mean, I agreed with you, but like afterwards, after what he did, but <laughs> but still, fuck the will. Um, I okay, Prince Robot or Squire, I should say. Yeah. Wearing, wearing the A cab shirt. Yes. <laughs> My boy. Um. Really cool there. <laughs> I, I like this issue quite a bit. I mean, it's hard to talk about it because they're, they are setting up a new arc. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is really interesting. And there's a lot going on. I really liked the, uh, how we opened. Oh, I know. Again, the, this book series <laughs> and the first pages. Yeah. Like just the opening of the flashback of the two of them and him, Marco proposing to her and seeing Marco again, is just like, heartbreaking and very so young and then the way it ends like i believe it i think you when you and i talked to a prior comic book um creator and they explained to us the the first three and the last three Mm -hmm. i don't think anyone does it like bkv bkv is pretty much the master of that like first three pages last three pages that's what really matters and everything put the meat in the middle. It's a sandwich, you know what I mean? <laughs> like so. And yeah, the again a last page reveal. I don't think there's a single issue of Saga that doesn't have an amazing last page reveal. <laughs> so mm-hmm. 
I don't think it's going to be as as um, easy. I guess is the word I would say. As we thought, or as we uh, as they think it probably will be. You know what I mean? I don't think yeah. it's going to be a happy ending because this isn't that book. You know what exactly. I mean? So, but yeah, it's really good. It's good to see the characters again. I love the cover. Them jamming out. Oh, I know. I mean, like, yeah. But yeah, and I'm kind of curious if we're ever going to see Bombazine again. Hmm, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. So, what do you think? Um, well, I mean, like, yeah, but at the same time, maybe I'm just like so like I'm bad since like the book the book went away just like the way it did, and now it's back. I I, I guess it gave me some time to develop a little bit of a, of the wall um, that I had already had built up. <laughs> So the the cliffhanger, I don't buy it. I don't buy it for for everything everything that, that we've that we've gone through, everything that they made us wait for. Um, I, I I don't buy it. So that being said, um, yeah, they have great they have great cliffhangers, but this issue in particular, let's talk about the actual meat. This fucking great steak that's actually in the middle. My girl Pet- Petricor is back. I've missed her so fucking much, and oh, her wrath is ooh. <laughs> I miss her so goddamn much. It's one of those characters I've missed so much in particular, even like with like this whole like um during the gap. Um and yeah, it's gonna be nice seeing her and see how much uh, how much she kicks ass. The the kids fucking I was thinking about this where like Saga's gonna be one of those where like either like we'll see where where it goes um in, in the end, but it's gonna be one of those books where we're gonna be talking about it where I don't know, not, not in, a, in the elitist way, but it's going to be one of those books we're going to reflect on our, like, yeah, you kind of had to be there. Or, like, yeah, we've been we've been bitching that, yeah, as soon as it came, it went away. But coming back into this issue is, like, son of a bitch, like, he did it again. I actually like that we've, that this issue felt what was actually in real time of the six months that was, it was away. There was six months in real time in, in the right. book for a time skip. So when you reread it, it'll just be like a time skip, whatever. But feeling those six months and where we're at now, fucking Hazel coming back to Alana is like, hey, this is how much we got for a busking, which is a fucking cover. You feel that. Like, you, like holy shit, like, they're trying it. Like, they're doing it out there. Like, <laughs> I'm re- I'm so I'm so happy about this book. Oh, God damn it, you did it again, so, you sons of bitches. <laughs> Yeah, you, like you said, books of a certain time that you kind of have to be there for. BKV kind of specializes in that shit. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, like uh, why the last man? Yeah, you know, one of the best, one of the most highest rated comics of all time. Period. Right. And even something like Lion of Baghdad or um, like uh, Pride, yeah. Machina or something like that. You know, like it's just or probably back to yeah. Sorry, um, it's kind of like a moment. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. It, it, oh, it yes, so down, yeah. fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Even as Runaways, right? You know, like it's not the same. It never was the same after that. So <sighs> he's he's a magician. So. <laughs> All right, next we're moving on to DC, and we got a couple books. I'm going to start with uh, Justice Society of America number two, and mm. I'll be very quick. Written by Jeff Johns, art by Mikel John and Jerry Ordway, Scott Collins, colors by Jordi Belair and John Collins, and letter by Rob Lay. I'm not going to go too much into it. This is the one with uh, the original Huntress, Helena Wayne, Batman and Catwoman's daughter. Uh, she gets thrown back in time to sit, to meet the original Justice Society, and basically she's trying to save the Justice Society as a whole by traveling through time. Um, someone's trying to kill them all, and. 
it's interesting. I, I like the art changes because whenever she goes to a different era, it's a different artist. So that's fun. Um, I really like Dr. Fate is in it. And he's like one of the most important characters in it. Uh, so that's interesting. And she gets thrown back forward through time, which is the Justice League with Khalid as Dr. Fate. And then also Dead Man and um, mm. Detective Chimp, which is great. So nice. I like that team. But again, she's kind of flying around a lot through time. So it's, it's not like she's with one group of characters too long. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, I'm curious. I'm going to know. I'm going to review it more later. So, yeah. All right. Next up, Blue Beetle. Graduation day number three. <laughs> I purchased the Spanish first and accidentally <laughs> did not realize till I got home, which is hilarious because I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> Meanwhile, Josue, you have trouble finding the Spanish version, right? No, I, I actually I do have all three Spanish ones in my pull box. I just need to actually buy them. Okay. So, read by Josh Trujillo, drawn by Adrian Gutierrez, Will Quintana's The Colorist, and letters by Lucas Catoni. Um, so, my review of this is mostly going to be based around visuals. Uh, shouldn't be too hard, because there's a lot of action in this one. It does heavily feature uh, Starfire, which she appeared right at the end of the last issue last time. Um, and holy crap, dude, there's just so much cool imagery in this one. Like, mm-hmm. first of all, this Starfire outfit. I love it. I think it's really <gasps> dope. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's a good design. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really good design for her. Yeah. And then I have to show you the design for this character here. Because it's just. Oh, here. Here's one shot. Ooh, that's a good say. But. Yeah, it's another shot. He has an uncommon rider too. <laughs> Here you go. Is he's literally the beetle? <laughs> oh, that's cool. But, yeah. So yeah, um, they are building up towards the fact that you know everybody, it, like the aliens of the Scarab's origin, are going to be invading, and they're trying to keep Blue Beetle out of it because they're worried he's going to help them essentially. But Starfire is the one that's like, no, fuck that. You're you're helping me. So because she knows what it's like to be from an alien invading force, which is really cool. So uh, I, I liked it from what I could get. I speak a little bit of Spanish, so I was able to get the basic idea of it. But I'm definitely going back for the other one this weekend when I go get the other book I missed this <laughs> week. So um, but good stuff. I, I like this book. I think it's been really good. I love Jaime. Like he's a great blue beetle. I'm usually like a traditionalist when it comes to these. Yeah, but I do like him as much as Ted. So OK, cool. Next up, Action Comics 1051. I got the Power Girl cover, of course. Uh, I know. I see. I saw. I considered the hell out of this. We'll talk about an issue, an issue coming up. And had I known what I'd known, what I didn't like about it, I would have gotten this one instead. Yeah. <laughs> I think I could probably guess. Um, so this one is multiple stories as well, uh, which is what's kind of setting up the dawn of DC right now. So... Um, this one has, I want to say, three stories. It does. Yes. Mm-hmm. The first one is the super family basically making their first appearance as a family in Metropolis. And so we get the shot of all of them in their suits. Yeah, I flipped through it. That was, this is a good shot. Yeah. And uh, this one's written by Philip Kennedy Johnson. I told you we'd talk about him later. <laughs> Art by Rafa Sandoval, colors by Matt Herms, and letter by Dave Sharp. Yeah, it just kind of sets up each of the characters. It does a really good job if you've never... If you don't know who half these people are, it tells you who they are very well. Um, and it's really well done. I hope, I think they're kind of setting Connor up to be the Jason Todd of the Superman family. Where he's like, maybe the grumpy, edgy one. Oh, right. Yeah, I can good. see that. Uh, I'm, I'm here for that, if that's what they're going to do. So, 
Um, they introduce the, the twins that Clark and Lois adopted, and um, they get attacked by Metallo, and Metallo uh, <laughs> does pretty good against them and takes out Connor almost immediately and is like, I'll fight you, Clark, basically. The second story is a flashback to when John was still a little boy, written by Dan Jurgens, art by Lee Weeks, uh, color by Elizabeth Breitweiser, and letter by Rob Lay. And it's a fun little story. It's like a vacation story for Lois Clark and John. And um, it's in the aftermath of Doombreaker, who was kind of like Doomsday. Is okay. what say. I don't want to get too much into it because we'll be here for Laura forever. <laughs> but yeah. And the last story, and my favorite, and the, yeah. is uh, Power Girl's story. The one, the one I wanted it for. <laughs> yeah. Written by Leah Williams. Mm-hmm. Art by Marguerite Savage and letters by <laughs> Becca Carey. Um, so it, it is about Power Girl exploring her new like uh, psychic powers, the, the limits of it. What does yeah. it mean? And, you know, she's got a built-in, um, built-in, what's the word? I guess therapist. Um, this this girl that, she's, that she reached out to is able to help her learn how to do it, basically. So they're doing that. Um, there's a great bit where they're talking about, or where they get, they get changed and power girls in her costume with the boob window. And the other girl's like, Hey, nice costume. She's like, listen, don't underestimate the ventilation. You should try a keyhole in your costume. She's like, no, I'm good. She goes, whatever. Say, how do your boobs sweat for me? And I was like, that is the best (laughs) excuse I've ever heard for the boob window. I love it. But the rest of the story is so cool because it's about Dick shows up. Yeah, no, I, I flipped through it. I didn't see any chance to actually read through it. And it got really interesting. Yeah, basically, after after the, the battle, Dark Crisis, mm-hmm. uh, Beast Boy just stays transformed into an animal. He doesn't change back. Yeah. He won't change back. And it's about his trauma that he dealt and everything like Because he got shot in the head by Deathstroke, you know? Right. And so she had to go into his mind and like unravel it and help, basically help him do therapy in his brain. And that's the whole story. At the very end, he transforms back, and he just starts crying. And says, the realization, oh, yeah, that, yeah, that's the part. I was like, oh, this, like, I was. Oh, I wish I would have leaned into this book. Yeah, it was really cool. I really liked it. So, oh, I guess I'm buying action comics now. So. <laughs> <laughs> they right. did it again. Well, don't worry, because with a brand new beginning comes almost the end of Harley Quinn twenty six. Ooh, what? I think there's one issue left of the Stephanie Phillips era. Mm-hmm. If I could do the math written by Stephanie Phillips art by David Baldion, Matteo Lolly and Pasquale Colano colors by Rain Burrito and letter by Anne world design. So in the last issue, all the Harleys from all over the multiverse were summoned to Gotham. So Harley has to capture them all. So that the Harley who laughs will come to her. Cause that's what the Harley who laughs is looking for. Um, Harley's like, how am I going to capture all these people? And Kevin's like, call your friends. And she's like, ah, oh, they'll say no. And everybody says yes. Grundy, fucking Killer Frost, yeah. like Batwoman, everybody says yes. Everybody she's met and, and or worked with throughout this entire series. So that was a really cool callback to everything that's happened. Mm-hmm. They also break off in pairs. And I have to tell you, if you make a Killer Frost Grundy team up book, I will read the fuck out of that book forever. Like, that's I would read the shit out of that. <laughs> It'd be fun. Um, but they end up capturing all the Harleys. Including um, a couple like the Arkham Asylum Harley, the one with the nurse's outfit. So they have a couple different Harleys, which is really cool. Oh, nice. Then the Harley who laughs shows up. 
and is like, they're like, how oh, we got everybody that you wanted. And she's like, oh, no, I know exactly what you want. And shows up with Ivy and chains. Oh, so, yeah. <sighs> I just, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> so, um, I, I'm sad Stephanie Phelps is leaving the book. I'll just say that. Like, yeah. I've, I've really enjoyed the run. I've never really read Harley Quinn, but she sold it to me. So, yeah. All right. Next up, Dead Boy Detectives 2. Pretty Boy Detectives. Pretty Boy Detectives, yes. Um, oh, I love this book. It's so good. Uh, written by Pornsock Pichote, uh, art by Jeff Stokely, inked by Craig Telefer, colors by Mikhail Muerto, and letter by Hassan Atzmani and how I really liked this issue. I love that in the middle of this like supernatural crime investigation slash attempt to resurrect someone from the dead, there's also like I have a crush on her. Should I tell her a story going on? I love I love seemingly petty shit in the middle of seemingly very serious shit. I love that. It's yeah. like crack. You know, like I love that shit so much. And it, is it a love triangle now? Maybe. Oh is he god. gay? Maybe. <laughs> oh my god. Like it's it's just so good. And then also the the fucking the kid. The other the other ghost dude. It also seems to be jealous. I'm like, is this a love square? What's going on here? Oh. Like, yeah. So I really, really like this. Um, it's just so fun compared to everything in the Sandman universe. Like, it's the most fun thing they do, I think. Oh, yeah, but so dreadful. Like, these, oh, God. Yeah. Actually, I literally had, like, a, like a micro jump scare on one of the page turns when you see, like, one of, like, the, those, like, baby things. And then, like, it starts, like, seeing, like, the, the little army. Oh yeah, like, the way the page turn just like it, it worked on me. Cause, oh yeah, because it's it's the page turn. It's like it's like the the Donna DC ad is like, and I was literally like, oh man, I was like Dan Mora, and it's like, oh fuck, holy shit! It's, it's, it was a, it was a good close up. Yeah, and a really creepy final image. I was like, fucking shit, like like that's some really creepy ass shit. <laughs> yeah. So really well achieved. I like the book. It's it's really really good. Um, I was really worried when they were going to start doing Sandman Universe stuff. Uh huh. Because I'm such a Neil Gaiman fan that I'm like, eh, they're going to fuck it up. But I think they've done a great job so far. They've been getting some respectful writers to just like really just like sink their teeth in. Pornsock is an amazing choice. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, what do you think? Anything you want to add? Yeah, I, I have to shout out like the actual line. The Edwin, have you really never fe- uh, had a- feelings for any girl you've ever met? <laughs> like that look. That look back just kill me. A hundred things. Like it's like, <laughs> oh no. Like, um yeah. and then and then god damn it. Like I was I was fucking dying. It was such a good joke for me. The the other kid, like the, the search for the amulet. <laughs> that's like uh, the first try. Amulet, who's your boy? <laughs> Bro, that's the that's a necklace. It's an amulet. Necklace, amulet. An amulet hangs from a necklace. Yeah, like this. No, that's a locket. Well, then what the shit's an amulet? <laughs> Move along the scene. It's like, is this an amulet? That's a pendant. Seriously, what the fuck is an amulet? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Just kill me. It's, it's such a funny book while being, like, again, like borderline scary, very dreadful. I'm all about this book. Pornstock is just, yeah, a great, solid choice. Yeah, totally. All right, now let's talk about from one detective book to another. Yes, I did that intentionally. Detective yes. Comics 1068, written by Ram V, art by Ivan Reese and Rafael Albuquerque, inked by Danny Miki, 
color by Dave Stewart and letter by Ariana Mayer. Long story short, Batman is in over his head. Or so it seems, at least. And the only person that can save him this time isn't Mr. Freeze. It isn't Jim Gordon. This time, the only person who can save him is Harvey Dent. Or maybe it's Two-Face. Yeah. Mm. And we get this amazing, in-depth look into where his psyche is right now. Mm-hmm. And it, or psyches. <laughs> like, you know? And it's really interesting. And it makes me be like, are they gonna anti-hero Two-Face? Well, see. I mean, like... He's been wanting. He's been wanting to know one thing. So we'll see what he does with that information now. It just. It, it really has to be like. Cause like as soon as he catches this thing, what what's he actually gonna do with it? It's like, is it was it more for the chase or, man? Yeah. What now? Because I Harvey wants to do something good with it. Yeah, it's really interesting. And also, Batman fights a werewolf for the second time in two years. Uh, so, <laughs> and in case anyone's wondering, this one's much better. <laughs> yes. Yes. So. I really liked it. It was really cool. Uh, what do you think? Uh, well, th- thank you for for saving it because yeah, the the, the two face thing is awesome. The cover alone is just so good. The the split do du- the literal split duality and just like the the model of the faces are just so good. Um, yeah, I'm so I'm like the the build up with with uh, Harvey has been really good along with Two Face. But damn it, if I wasn't already happy about this book, if I wasn't excited about how this book was already uh, brewing up uh, to where it's going. The fucking cliffhanger. I thought it was going to be left in the shadows, in the sewers, back to it, like in this glorious little hole in Gotham. Rombie's actually utilizing Tan Waters' um, uh, uh, Ten-Eyed Man, the cliffhanger from Arkham, uh, from Arkham City, Order of the World. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, boy, where have you been hiding? What are you going to do now? And Rombie is like the perfect choice that's playing around with Gotham to use this villain to you uh, to use this character. Sorry for the, for the term villain. We'll see how, how he plays out. He is just a, a true wild card. Um, this, this, this just got way more exciting. And then the, and the backstory with, um, um, with Gordon, um, with uh, Simon Spurry, but specifically for, for Danny, the, the way Danny plays with, with Gotham is also just um, beautiful. Yeah, and, and and it's funny because Danny was the one that drew Ten Eyed Man in uh, for Arkham City, so little full circle there. <laughs> nice. All right, next up, the second giant size one shot for Lazarus Planet. We once were gods. Yes. Um, multiple stories in this one as well, and we'll talk about each one. Um, I made a prediction that mm-hmm. the first one is Hostway's favorite. Because I know him a little too well. <laughs> um, written by Dan Water. Oh, no, no, that's the second one. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, was that Dan Waters? Okay, there we go. Script and art by Francis Manapur. Letter by N World Design. Um, it's about the trench, the trench people in, mm-hmm. in, in the underwater. And the Lazarus planet fucked him. Lazarus rain fucked him up heavy and killed a whole bunch of them, but also kind of transformed them. Right. And it's like, the staggering implications of this. There's so much that could happen with this. And I really like that. The one thing I like about Lazarus plan is it's really setting up a lot for the future. You know what I mean? It is. And something you can play with and not just be, and, and not just have, I mean, yeah, we just had a crisis, but, but not riding off of that. Like now we can actually like plant some seeds and like, let them fucking sow. And like, and we'll see what bears after that. Yeah. 
and he gives Aquaman a direction to go. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm so curious where I because yeah how how he's gonna how he's gonna how is he gonna guide these new people? Yeah, and yeah, it's gonna yeah, be they're just, just so a part of his domain as like before, but he just kept them away. Like yeah, it's it's a really interesting play for him. And it does reveal that they basically are the same as him. Mm-hmm. They just were transformed by the deep, right? So now he has to actually address the fact that these monsters he's been fighting forever are just his people. Like it's so it's a really cool idea. The second story is for Martian Manhunter, uh, Songs of Pain. This one's written by Dan Waters, mm-hmm. art by Max, Max Dunbar, colors by Romeo Farrer Jr., and letter by Troy Pateri. I thought this one was pretty dope. I really liked it. Um, it's a uniquely Martian Manhunter story because they don't really deal with telepathy a lot, like mind stuff in DC nearly as much as Marvel. Yeah. Because so many X-Men are psychics. <laughs> But this was a really good story that was, again, uniquely Martian Manhunter. It's about a new character they introduced, and it's basically his entire arc in one mini-issue, which I thought was really interesting. And just the... So many people think that Martian Manhunter is just like Superman, but he's weak to fire instead of kryptonite, you know? Mm-hmm. But he's such a different character. And this this story really highlights how different they really are. Yeah, and I love that because I'm a big John Jones fan. I love for sure. Him. So I really liked it. What'd you think of this one? Um, I mean, just I mean, just John Jones trying to absorb the rage that is Doomsday. Like that's fucking awesome. That's fucking baller as fuck. Um, yeah, no, it, it, it was a really touching one. So yeah, we'll, we'll see how this one just does, does say end, but we'll see uh, how how um, how to play with them later. Yeah, the third story is Song of the Dead, which is the Themyscira story. This one's written by Philip Kennedy Johnson. He came up again. Drawn by Jack Herbert, colored by Alex Gamaris, lettered by Pat Brasso. Now, let's let's just go ahead and get Josue's frustration out of the way. Because yeah. the cover has Yara Floor very featured prominently, but she's not actually in this issue. Yeah, unless, exactly. Unless, unless she's in a group shot that we missed. <laughs> no. But, and and even like even when we'll get to like the cliffhanger, the first thing I said to myself was like, oh, she's gonna show up on the on the, on the next part, but Still, like for like for how they've been propping up. Let's just talk about this. Yeah, I like the concept. The concept yeah. is fucking oh yeah, no, awesome. totally. So basically, the idea is all these forces that have tried to destroy Themyscira are coming back to life as undead, and it's all of them. And there's so many people that have tried to do this. And I love the idea of Themyscira under siege. That's a cool ass story. Yeah. Um, but that's basically what they set up. And I think it's really cool. Nubia features pretty heavily in the story, but it's yes. mostly Diana and Bia. Yeah. Um, which is really good. So I do think we'll have to get all the Amazons together and actually work together to do this, you know, mm-hmm. which is cool because we love us some Amazon stories. So um, I really liked it. The, the action was really good too. This one is continuing within Lazarus Planet though. Yes, it'll, it'll come back like the same as like the, the next one. Uh, what is it? The Re- Revenge of the Gods. Yeah, so um, that's not on the list that we had. So that's a separate. It's going to be like a separate book. I probably oh, I didn't realize that. Revisiting. Yeah, so so we'll go on to the next one that you mentioned, The Price of Eternity. Oh, but I just want I just want to say like, okay. just one more thing. Um, yeah, I had no problems with the story. It was just the uh, the the mislead Jesus. on on, uh, <laughs> on Yara when, like you said, like it's like the three the three main characters for this for this chapter is yeah diana and i mean in order of appearance bia and into nubia and nubia just had like two really good minis and the fact that there was like again not just 
Nubia, but using like uh, featuring Bia in the storyline, I would take there's like a sense of duality in the on the cover. If you would have had Nubia with Martian Manhunter and like Maria and like the the new trench with like the Shazam, um, it's just, uh, <laughs> I would have taken again. I would have taken like I would have gladly purchased one if had Nubia been on the cover. I'm like, oh sweet, my girl. And then on the next one, yeah, featuring Yara. Whatever. All right. So the last story is The Prize of Eternity, written by Josie Campbell, who just did the new champion of Shazam, by the way. Uh, art by Caitlin Yarsky, color by Jordi Veller, and letter by Clayton Cowles. This takes up directly after the new champion of Shazam. Mm-hmm. At the end of it, Mary's like, oh, shit, I can go save him. I can go save Billy. And then it's just like she goes to D.C., that's where she runs into the new Black Adam kid, who I really like, and I'm reading that book, too. So it's like, oh, this is all coming together. Um, they have to work together. Long story short, they're able to free Billy from the Rock of Eternity, and he actually absorbs the Rock of Eternity into himself. Yeah, he just inverts the whole like process. <laughs> it's actually clever. <laughs> He's like, oh, shit, I can just put it in me, and then I can leave. Cool. Okay. <laughs> so he does. And then we find out that the... That the... Um, the Shazam... The wizard Shazam mm-hmm. is pissed off about this, basically. So... We'll see what's going to happen there. We, it is, like like you said, going to be a, a, a continuing to Revenge of the Gods. So we'll see what's going to happen there. I love Mary Marvel. I want her to have books forever. So good. Good stuff. <laughs> so I think it's cool. I really, I'm enjoying these extended one-shots for all these different characters. Kind of yeah. telling us what's going to happen next. If this is the order they're coming in, the next one is Legends Reborn, which is Nightwing... City Boy, Firestorm, oh, yeah. Beast Boy, Raven, Trigon, Trigon, and the question. Um, her name on Toya, who is a police commissioner. So don't like that. So again, anyways, <laughs> it was at the See shop. Our saga five. review. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw I saw it at the shop today, and it's like I was half tempted to just like read it there. Yeah, I just whatever. All right, last DC book. I had to save it for last. Human Target number eleven. There's oh, only one yeah, left. Please tell me. Spoiler heavy, please. Okay. Written by Tom King, art by Greg Smallwood, letter by Clayton Cowles. In the last issue, Chance found out that Guy Gardner was alive all along. He had faked his death. Mm-hmm. He confronted Ice because he knows Ice helped him. And in this story, this is the parlor scene essentially. If you're oh, okay, yes, please, please, these spoilers. Where he basically reveals the whole story, what he figured out. Ice killed him. Oh, it was her. Ice tried to poison Lex Luthor. And when it didn't work, became close to chance. So they go through the whole thing. Um, and they're actually at the beach and they're having a nice time together talking about this. <laughs> actually, after he confronted her, they, they went to bed and had sex that night and then yeah. woke up and came to the beach together to have this conversation. And she said, um, she basically is like, she has fallen in love with him, like <laughs> legitimately fallen in love with him. And he's like, will you miss me? And she's like, shut up. He's like, like this, this, just look at the way this page is laid out. Yeah. And you can see her crying in that last panel. Yeah. The dialogue is, will you miss me? Shut up. I got lucky, you know. I won't miss you. I'll just be gone. <laughs> I, was like, uh. I was like, fucking shit, dude. So the story is that Lex Luthor took over her mind, made her do a bunch of fucked up shit. 
Oh. And then he killed her. And then when she came back to life, everybody's like, oh, cool. She's ice. She's just happy and nice. And she'll smile it off. And she's like, I didn't want to. Like, she's like, I was fucking furious. Basically, I'm not that. Ju- I'm not just this nice idiot. You know yeah. what I mean? Basically. And she's like, Guy Gardner's like, I'm going to kill Lex. And she's like, basically, like, if Guy does it, like, she makes the point, like, um, we all know what's coming. Guy will bungle it and Lex will get away with it and the Justice League will fight it and the next day we'll all laugh. Ha 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 ha. And she's like, I'm watching him pace back and forth and I hear them all laughing. And I know I'm going to kill Lex Luthor <laughs> because I want something to laugh at too. Fuck. <laughs> oh my, oh my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so she starts working with fire and fire is like, I will help you. Um, Ice is like, I'm just going to freeze his heart from a distance. She's like, they'll know it's you mm-hmm. when you do something that can't be trained back to you. That, that's when the poison is, comes up and they talk about how they needed help from the other members of the Justice League even though they don't know, all know the whole plan. They definitely assisted in this. She said, basically like uh, basically um, where is it? It's just like uh, he gets poisoned, and surprise, Lex got away again. Ha, 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 ha. And in trying to kill him, I'd poison Christopher Chance. Ha, 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 ha. And it's like, fuck. She's like, I tell fire. She's in a panic. You know, the poison, it, it, the doctor gets a sample. They can figure it out. They can trace it back to us. We decided I should keep an eye on you just in case. And there's this shot right here of her face. And it says, I mean, I'm so sweet and nice. You'd never suspect, would you? <laughs> And then it's just like we paid off, you know, uh, you you did this whole thing, you know, you were going to go, you know, you're figuring all these plans and guy does what he's told if you float a few possibilities at him. He oh. doesn't even ask too many questions that the possibilities are charming enough. Using his ring, guy bent light to make it look like we'd killed him. Then fire confessed that guy was the killer. He had the motive. He had the poison. He was dead. You were done looking. All we had to do was wait a few days a few days and guy could come back and fire and I could put together a new better way to kill Lex. We just needed to pay, be patient and wait for you to die. And he goes, there it was. And they're just basically like, you know, he's just like talking, like he's just like the girl he loves killed him, but didn't mean to. And it's just so <laughs> many complicated emotions. Um, she's like, you know, when I found out you're poisoned, you know, you're dead. Does it matter who killed you? He's like, I'm the human target. All I do is die and find out who killed me. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, no, that's not all you do. And they start making out. And they're holding hands. They sit there forever. And she tells the story. They're walking up to the car. This is where it gets fucking real, dude. It's like, and she makes that face. She goes, then, and her powers flex. And she just destroys the car with ice. Yeah. And she turns to him and she goes, I'm not sweet and nice. And she goes in this rant. She goes, fuck you. She goes, I did it. I fucking did it. I crossed that fucking line again. And you want to have the fucking courage to fucking care. Fuck you. I'm so tired of this shit, Christopher. It's so fucking fun building fucking castles in this fucking sand. When the fun ends, the time comes fucking in. What's left then? It's all a fucking scam. Don't you understand? I'm a fucking monster. How fucking stupid are you? <laughs> and he's like, 
he's like he tries to talk about it's like the poison doesn't she's like he's trying to talk her down she's like you stupid fuck this isn't a fucking disguise you tear off and smile and save the fucking day this is you dying and i did it and you owe me you're not your father you're, you know it goes in this whole rant about it this is past and stuff and it's just like you got over his um all this time you've been looking for who did it so you could punish them well here it is just for you you got lucky. I got lucky too. I bet I get to fucking give it to you and I'll do it because and she puts his gun to her forehead and says, because I love you. What? And then the day is done. The gun is in my hand. My finger brushes against the trigger. We all go down to be continued. <laughs> this is the best book Tom King's ever written. Holy shit! Good, <laughs> good one. I had to take a break. I couldn't move on to Marvel. I had to step <laughs> away for a while. I was like, "Fuck!" Just ice finally going off, revealing she's not just this damsel in distress, which we always knew she had an insane amount of power. She's the most powerful member of that Justice League. Yeah, but it's just like, fuck! And she's so torn up by the fact that even though she is so powerful, it was just a fuck up, and she killed the guy she now loves, and just, and he has one day left to live. <laughs> it's so good <sighs> I can't wait for the trade I'm going to buy it again I don't care <laughs> yeah we have a, we have a, the hardcovers for the first half but yeah, a sweet collected today. 1 through 12 oof I'd wait for that one Yeah. alright with that we're going to move on to Marvel because I literally narrated the whole fucking book so. yeah no god <laughs> Next I needed up, that one Marvel All Out Avengers 5 I got this John Balzaldua Stormbreakers cover Oh, so pretty. I love it. Yeah. Like, it's a great Carol cover. I'll be very careful or quick with this one. Written by Derek Landy, dr- penciled by Derek Land, inked by Jay Lyston, colored by Frank Darmada, lettered by Corey Petit. All this time loss thing that the Avengers have been running into basically, Spider Man's like, hey, I figured out what happened. Um, this, this dude is taking away your memories. And the Avengers are like, I don't believe you. And so the, all the Avengers try to take out Spider-Man. Uh, because they think he's being mind-controlled. And it does this whole thing. And he says the bad guy is the Grand Manipulator. And uh, he he's a scientist who also can manipulate reality, basically. So most of the issue is Spider-Man fighting different members of the Avengers. And winning, by the way. Um, he's able to get back there, use the gadget... And it's like, oh, we defeated the Grand Manipulator. And he, he dies in an explosion. And they're like, wow, that's great. And there's someone narrating the entire issue. And then uh, basically it's like, he, he, at the end, the narrator's like, that worked out rather well. He's like, they were getting a little too close. I just need time to figure them out. You know, jumping ahead schedule. He's, it, basically, he's, he's part of the story. It's like, they're smart people after all for humans. And then Captain America's walking away. He turns around and goes, hello. And the narrator goes, what? He goes, I know you're there. I can't see you, but sometimes I think I can feel you. I know you're watching. And there is like, who's he talking to? What's he doing? Captain America's like, that was clever, giving us a bad guy, a new villain who could take all the blame. He's like, you know, the grand manipulator and stuff like that. He's like, who knows where all that speculation might have led us? And the, the narrator's like, oh, no, no, no. He's like, you know, basically, did you just get sloppy? Captain America's like, I figured out what you're doing. I figured out there's someone else behind it. And then everybody's like, I have to feel like this. I have to, I have to stop it. I have to stop it, stop it, stop it. And Captain America says, I'm coming for you, Beyonder. Ooh. So, like, and then the cover reveal, Beyonder. <laughs> so, right, yeah. Nice. 
So, really cool. Next up, Doctor Strange Fall Sunrise, number three. Yeah. <laughs> Written and drawn by Trad Moore, colored by Heather Moore, letter by Clayton Cowles with Trad Moore. I, this, somehow, this was the most psychedelic issue yet. <laughs> like, yes. It was absolute insanity. As always, I don't talk too much about it because it's when it's this crazy, like, stylistic stuff, I don't have a lot to contribute. Um, but I'm very curious about the the interlude three with the one-eyed fox. Oh, right. That looks a little familiar. Mm-hmm. So I just throw that one out there. But, um, yeah, it was really crazy. I really liked it. But I really I have a hard time reviewing things like this. So I'm gonna pass it over this way. What would you like to say about the book? I mean, it's like it, there really isn't much to say unless like I mean like we're we're here together. Um, uh, but th- this really is like a trip a trip to experience, really. Like like the, the the first part of the book, like this like escape from hell, like where we last left off, like with this like this giant colossus of like this like fire uh this fire being and like the the open like the open circle in his hand and like it would do this like i know beam of death and it's fucking awesome so now they're trying to like escape this part it's so psychedelic that there's like that as soon as they do like like the next layer it's just that much more trippier it's like it's it's like like the doctor strange book to experience if you wanted to experience doctor strange books like back in the day like those trippy psychedelic ones like Tradmore is just doing such an amazing, amazing job, just like having that flavor and bringing that taste like back to this this book. And like, what perfect title than for Doctor Strange to just have this crazy story like down the line. Like he like I fucking love his uh, his white streaks. Some of the pages are just actually were actually a little too crazy for me that I had to like turn the book sideways to like grasp the panel differently. And then as I'm bringing it back, it's like, oh shit, okay, now it makes sense. And it's literally the part where I'm coming back, and it's the part where like all of his faces are like copying over. But it's the part where like I'm I'm turning the book back as the as the faces are coming together. It's literally just such an experience of a book, and just there's just so much to appreciate. The trying to conceptualize what the fuck is happening from when he transforms into this thing, like that that's steven yeah that's fucking horrifying that's i'm sorry that's dr steven strange <laughs> that's awesome but the magnitude of his power and and he said and the little the sometimes when he lets loose like small callback to um world war hulk when he has like this like super dope like demon possession power that's like even he didn't want to do then this is that full thing unleashed and just it's awesome. Again, if, if if you haven't for the last three issues, please go experience this book. The last one is a finale. Yeah, it's it's a it's a ride. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's like trying to describe a roller coaster. Like it was fast, <laughs> and we went zoom. <laughs> like, what do you say? Like, all right. Next up is Thor number thirty. Mm-hmm. I have a funny story about this book. Written by Torin Gronbeck, art by Nick Klein. Clever by Matt Wilson, letter by Joe Sabino. I'm checking out at the register, and my buddy Stoggy is like, hey, uh, he held this up. He's like, uh, you read Death Note, right? Because it uh, it crosses over. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I was like, you thought. I was, he said Death Note. He didn't say anything else. He just said Death Note. And I'm like, 
I was like, yeah, I love Death Note. What? <laughs> and we sat there for a second. He goes, Thanos Death Notes. I'm like, oh. I was like. Death Notes. Notes. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, well, now I want that crossover. And then I started imagining a world where Loki had the Death Note. And I've been thinking about it for two days. <laughs> I really, really <laughs> That's a hell of a fanfic. <laughs> That'd be great, dude. Because he wouldn't just kill people. He'd do be so smart with it. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, this one does crossover with Thanos Death Notes. Um, and it is really, really good. Uh, I love how much Runa is in this book right now. Yes. Runa is the fucking best. And I love her. Also, Corvus Glaive is all over this bitch. Mm-hmm. Which is really cool. I like to see the children of Thanos getting like a bit of a spotlight. Because they weren't really featured well in oh, the no. movies. Oh, no. And if weren't, no. Like, as a black, no, black order before that, movies, yes. So it's not like I, I they should have been more. But I, I mean, if there were three movies instead of two for that, mm-hmm. that specific arc, they could have featured them a little more. But yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah. Thor, you know, breaking into this vault. It's fucking cool. Um trying to free his sister Lhasa and again Runa along for the ride the entire time I thought it was really dope and what a fucking page reveal at the end I don't even know what the fuck this means at this point <laughs> like, I I'm don't like, either I'm just on for the ride let's fucking go <laughs> like, like I know that he has like his own like square to just go anywhere but like how much did you fuck around back then like I don't know what to think of that reveal either. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was really good and awesome. And I mean, when, whenever like this other person shows up, yeah, it's because it's it's gonna be something fucking good. Like, <sighs> it's important. <laughs> yeah, it's a very good book. Uh, I love Torin's work on the Valkyrie stuff. So that mm-hmm. really, you know, it was a seamless transition to Torin for me. So I, I'm really enjoying that. And it's obviously into something big because. We've been seeing for years now the the flash forward of Thanos with the Infinity Hammer. So it feels like that's just lingering on reality on the outside, you know. Yeah, I'm wondering why like I feel like it would have been a good a good spot to either like to either see either see it again or have some sense of like confirmation to like for, for that callback, but I really don't think that's what he saw in that mirror. Like with what what Runa saw with like the Valkyrie with with the yeah, with the other uh with the Desir, sorry. Um yeah. But I don't think I don't think what Thor saw was another shot of Thanos with the Infinity Milner. Yeah, I, there's there's a news item I didn't talk about because I tend not to bring up news items that are massive spoilers. Okay, but there has been as part of some of the solicits, revelation of someone else lifting Milner. Ooh, and I'm wondering if that's it. It's Balder. <laughs> so, it's a member of his family. <sighs> so we'll just leave it at that. But yeah. Um, okay, next up is the finale. Midnight Suns number five. I was right. <laughs> um, you were right. Okay. <laughs> Written by Ethan Sachs. Art by Luigi Zagaria and Alberto Foce. Colored by Antonio Fabella and letter by Joe Sabino. Um, I mean, what's there to say? <laughs> the The Midnight Suns fight the bad guy and do a really good job. It's entertaining. I don't mean to sound like I'm belittling it or anything like that, because it's fun. It's really great. Zoe gets some really good, like, spotlight. Probably even might be the most spotlight she's received in the series so far, and she's the main character. Um, So that was really cool. They defeat the bad guy, and 
everything seems to be okay. And at the end, we do get the revelation that young, hot Agatha Harkness is here to stay. Which, I mean, fine. I'm fine with it. The MC implication of it. Yay! I'm fine with it. Oh, yeah, totally. Let's go. (laughs) She'll be in Strange Academy more. That's cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, didn't really get much more for Nico like we were kind of wanting to. I no, think that's the yeah, no, that's, that's the one plot that didn't really turn around. Yeah, because it was all like I feel useless, and then she didn't really ever. And they, they did address that. it. It's like okay, cool. So where's this, where's this building? And it just she, it doesn't. She killed something with an axe. It's basically it. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's cool, I guess. But so hopefully there's some plans later on. Um, and I hope she wasn't just there because. They decided the Minorus were part of the coven and were like, shit, we need Nico then. Oh, she doesn't have powers. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like, oh, well, that's fine. We'll just ride around it. I'm like, Ugh. we'll see. But I really liked it. I, I thought it was a good run. It wasn't as dark and violent as I'm used to for Midnight Suns, I think. Oh, okay. Um, it's, it was very much like a Marvel Max almost kind of thing. I think it was Marvel Oh, Max, Max goes really rated R. So mm. I think it was Marvel Knights at the time, but it, okay, I remember yeah. it being like really violent. But I was also young, so I might be misremembering it. Like someone's head gets chopped off. I'm like, this is too violent. What the fuck? <laughs> like, so, all right. Next up, we're going to visit a galaxy far, far away for Dr. Afra number 28 Star Wars. Um, this is a really good issue, but it, Dr. Afra basically does not appear hmm. um, because her supporting cast is so huge now oh. that she doesn't really need to in every issue. She appears on the last page and that's it. Um, but basically, long story short, we wrap up the Tag Corporation thing, which is the, it's kind of like an Eagle Corporation that hires Dr. Afra and others and um, is led by a woman named Domina and her entire family is always trying to take it away from her, including her nephew who's stupid. And that's, <laughs> this is kind of the, his story, essentially. Because um, he basically made our, made the rest of the group turn on her was his plan and so but he's dumb and he doesn't plan ahead and doesn't realize they're double agents and basically turn on him and he gets taken out so pretty simple straightforward but it's leading directly into the hidden empire the fall of dawn um so i'm really curious to see where that's going to go because it's all about the crimson dawn they keep talking about kira constantly and um yeah We'll see. I'm very curious. Um, but I'm not going to get too much into it because, like I said, it's really building towards the big crossover. So, this is literally the only shot of Afra in the entire story. The last oh, panel. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, all right. Next up, another Star Wars book. Ooh. And I love this one Star Wars The High Republic, The Blade, number two. This is the one you might remember I talked about last time with the guy with the awesome lightsaber skills where he was someone shot him and he threw a bunch of coins in the air and reflected the laser, the laser blast into the coins in the air and bounced mm-hmm. it all around and hit somebody. Like he's basically the best lightsaber duelist ever is essentially what I'm gathering from him. And his partner is his like adopted sister. Who's really good at the like diplomatic side of the force. Like she's the best negotiator ever. So they really have the two biggest skills for a Jedi, but each of them is only good at one of them is the idea. Like, so they have to work together really well. Written by Charles Soule, art by Marco Castiello and Jethro Morales. Color by Jim Campbell, letter by Travis Lanham. Um, they go on a mission. They have to, basically there's a, 
there was a dispute in a mining city where some people are trying to take it over and they're laying it to siege and they're hired to basically resolve the conflict. Um, it also features some really cool flashbacks to when, when they were younger because when they're Padawans, the Jedi group was basically like, these two are too close. They're getting too close. You know, we yeah. can't keep them together. So they basically... They they be they're just terrible Jedi without each other. This is the message they get across. They want to they want to work together, so they basically both suck at being Jedi unless the other one's there. And since they're such promising trainees, they basically force the Jedi to put them back together. So it's really interesting. Um, as I said, the guy is like the best duelist ever, and holy fuck, dude, he does one of my favorite things ever. So they're walking towards this to do this negotiation, right? Mm-hmm. and this guy takes a shot at them and the way he does this I'm going to step away from the mic for a moment so I can show you Ooh, wait, so the okay. shot is going straight for her head and he pulls his lightsaber back and just knocks it away right at the last second before oh, he that's her. Sick. and he does yeah. it fucking effortlessly <laughs> and then he does this shit like he just goes on a fucking rampage just knocking aside everything. Yeah, what like a he's badass. Legit, he's legitimately like the best lightsaber duelist, essentially. So I like the whole idea that she's the one that negotiates, and if shit hits the fan, he's the one that takes care of it, basically. It's really cool. So uh, we're left on kind of a cliffhanger where they're about to be attacked in the city they're trying to protect. I'm sure they'll be fine because they seem very capable. So, And next up, let's check in. With Inferno 3, as we call it. <laughs> uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 18. I got this throwback cover because I actually really liked it. Dude, right? This this yeah. cover was awesome. Yeah, I was like, you know what? I dig this. I like I like the the heads, you know. In my in my Spider-Man collection, like I have a few like black and white covers that that, that have like sketches that are kind of like this. So it's like it's good. I just thought of like yeah, a lot of them to go with. It's an homage it. throwback. It's it's done mm-hmm. been known been, been done a couple times. I really like it. All right, Dark Web, Amazing Spider-Man, as I said. Written by Zeb Wells, penciled by Ed McGinnis, inked by Cliff Rathburn, colored by Marcio Meniz and Eric Arcianega, and lettered by Joe Carmagna. So this is after Madeline's like, you know what, I'm going to be a good guy. And she's like, hey, Ben, we're good guys now. He's like, fuck that shit. (laughs) Oh, because you got what you wanted? Um, Which also cuts back into my favorite part, Spider-Man te- teaming up with Rec Rap. Um, it's uh, yeah, that, that, that's actually right. That's right. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, it's Rec Rap. I, I know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> against the Insidious Six, and it's so ridiculous. Um, web winging. Yeah, he says, you know, it's time for some web winging, and he's like, pow, 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 which is like, great. Web slinging. Silly way to say it, but sure. <laughs> no one web wangs the Insidious Six. It's wall crawling time. Are we the wall? Like, it's great. My well-known Spidey Springer. I think that's probably my favorite one. Oh, God. Uh, it's so good. Um, going from that silly shit back to Madeline and stuff is really fun. <laughs> Hollow's Eve steals her scythe and is like, we'll control Limbo, basically. Um, also, J. Jonah Jameson taking out a demon by himself by just fucking shouting at its face until it backs <laughs> up is excellent. Uh, Chasm gets a new, gets a second form. A Final Fantasy villain or boss second form, King yeah. Chasm, uh, which is really cool. Looks dope. I-, I think it looks a little ridiculous though, but I think it's supposed to. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm supposed to take it too seriously. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So, um, 
but yeah, basically they're like, shit, let's go fuck up New York. I didn't get what I wanted. And then um, <laughs> Spider-Man and the, the X-Men meet up and they got probably the best moment of the book, which is Cyclops saying, excuse me, who is that? And he goes, <laughs> I'm Wreck-Rap, the wall whipping, web whipping wall prancer. And Spider-Man, please ignore him. Done. <laughs> Done. <laughs> <laughs> like, so yeah, it looks like Rec Rap and friends are going to go save the day in the next issue. Um, Forge's face towards Rec Rap. Yes. In the end. So um, yeah, no, it's it, it was good, and and then I get how why Ben is ultimately the the big bad. I even said this in the the, the last episode. Um, but the side. The scythe looks so much better on Hollow's Eve. It just makes sense on Hollow's Eve. I thought that's where that was going. I was liking that. How she was posing with it. How she was like hiding it behind her back. It's like, it's I don't know. I'm always, I, was, her. I, still, I still wasn't sure if I wanted her to be the ultimate bad guy. Though she deserves to kind of even like be manipulated. Getting power and then doubling down with it. Her whole aesthetic makes sense with the scythe. I, I agree. The King Chasm looks ridiculous as fuck because... That just should, it shouldn't have been it shouldn't have gone that way. <laughs> well, I wouldn't lose hope because Hollow's Eve is getting her own book, and that's true. I mean, that's true. So we'll see. I think she might be involved in the end because, like, the shot when she's holding it behind herself, like oh, behind it's her, sick. It's, it's, a, it's such a good shot. And like, I, and, and it color wise, it ma- makes more sense with her than him. Yeah. So yeah, no, I agree. I agree one hundred percent. So, all right, now we're going to talk about some Krakoan books. <sighs> First up, vaguely Kirkoan, Murder World Wolverine number one. Okay. Uh, I got this variant. Ooh. I thought it was fun looking. Okay. <laughs> um, written by Jim Zub and Ray Fox, pencil by Carlos Nieto, inked by Victor Nava, and letter by, or color by Matt Mia, letter by Corey Petit. So out of the 200 originals, uh, a lot more die. A whole lot more die, Uh-oh. is what I'll say. Uh, we also find out that one of the people there is someone named Marina Komarova, who Black Widow knows. Oh. And she's probably some kind of assassin of a sort, because she seems like a badass. The few survivors that are left are um, are traveling uh, out, of the, out in the snow, and they are attacked by, guess what, Wolverine. Not just one Wolverine. All the Wolverines. It's actually oh. just Laura and a bunch of Logans, I think. I didn't, <laughs> nice. I didn't see Doc in or anything like that. But they tear through most of the group, including the cool the cool chick, uh, the shaved head from the last issue that I really liked. Mm-hmm. She lost a hand. Oh. Um, so they're able to escape them. That literally Wolverine only appears on like two pages, which is weird because his name's in the book name, but whatever. Right, right. Um, they go to the next thing, which is a bunch of doors and a bunch of chairs in front of the doors. And the hmm. few people left, there's, um, there is, let me see if he gives a number. Uh, I don't think he gives a number at this point. But basically, everybody has to sit in a chair, and they have uh, two minutes to get their heartbeat below 60 beats per minute after <laughs> everything that's happened to them. If they do, they can get out of the chair and walk through a door. If they go over 100 they die immediately. <laughs> and so everybody's trying to get calm. The first person to pass is Eden, the girl with the arm cut off. And 
RK goes, oh, first winner, congrats. Oh, is she dying? Catastrophic blood losses is a strategy. You know, <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. Um, Marina Komarova passes. Uh, Alex, the, the dude who, um, who slept with her in the last issue with, with Eden, passes. Mm-hmm. And then the cool older guy passes. And Carrie. So it looks like there's only five that made it. There might be more. Maybe they didn't show them all. But now they're in, like, actual murder world. Like the old amusement park. And that's when uh, we find out that something more is going on. Uh, Vincent, the older dude who um, seems to know a bit more about stuff, uh, he reveals that none of this is real. You, we aren't outside. This is fake. There's walls you can't see. It's <laughs> like, do you trust me, basically? And he basically punches through the wall of Murder World and gets them in the backstage area. And that's where the issue leaves off with Arcade freaking the fuck out. So... Yeah, the next one is Murder World Moon Knight. Oh, oh man. <laughs> yeah, like, fuck. So. Yeah, this Murder World trade, actually, I'll, I'll probably be looking out for this one. Yeah, and keep in mind, Black Widow's looking for it the entire time. So, mm-hmm. so that's going to come into play at some point, too. So, good stuff. All right, now full on Krakoa. Sabretooth and the Exiles number three. Oh, so good. Uh,. Written by Victor Laval, art by Leonard Kirk, color by Rembrandt, and letter by Corey Petit. Almost the entire issue takes place in the astral plane, <laughs> so yeah. which is fun. Um, basically, they they bring Orphan Maker to the astral plane to slow down his metabolism so they can find a way to contain him before he fucking kills the entire planet. <laughs> Meanwhile, all these like C list, D list mutants are actually getting their powers back that are being captured. Mm-hmm. And they actually stage a rescue effort, which I think was really cool. Like the exterminators would, or not exterminate. God, I'm looking ahead already. The <laughs> exile, the exiles wouldn't have survived without these guys, which I think was really cool. Um, and yeah, they're they're trying to get out of this space. They're going to. They find out one of the Orcus spaces is in the astral plane, which is ridiculous. Yeah, I love it. Uh, and there's a fourth base they're going to be approaching soon. And then we get a weird reveal of somebody kept in a tube. Uh huh. And it's like, well, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. Oh, fuck it. We'll talk about it. It's Victor Creed. So we have two Sabretooths. Mm-hmm. Hmm. wonder what that's about. Uh, I also love the fact that Necra is so attached to Oya now. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. I really, really like that. That's why I really love the cover. Like the, My girl's getting some love on, on, the, on the cover. Yeah, it's a really good story. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Um it's obviously filling a bit of a hole that Hellions originally felt filled. Yeah. Um, it's not quite as fun as Hellions. Well, yeah, where, where Hellions felt like more like the conventional, just like adventure story, like with the, with this group, this is 100% never where I thought this book was ever going to go. Yeah. Yeah. It would be interesting if Orc, if Sabretooth and the Exiles are what actually bring down Orcus in the end. That would be hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So also the bit with Toad, Oh, that tongue? Oh, fuck yeah! That slight evolution, or did he did he always have that? That oh, never it, was, it was in the astral plane. So, oh, that's true. Things, things can kind of like by your own thoughts. It works how you think, basically. <laughs> so, well, that, that's true. I was wondering because like he did like cut it off. I was like, oh, is that permanent? But then he's still like talking. So, yeah, you're right. All right, next up. I genuinely had a hard time deciding which one of these to review first, <laughs> but, but in the end, let's talk about Exterminators Five. Uh. I fucking love this book so much. Um, 
Written by Leo Williams, art by Carlos Gomez, colored by Brian Valenza, letter by Travis Lanham. Let's just stop right now. The info page with the group chat is the funniest thing I've ever read. You got games on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And Laura just not understanding it. And then Dazzler LMAOing at the end. That's the funniest thing I've ever read. Because she <laughs> leaves it twice. It's so funny, like, and then and then that has to be, and then there's a great moment down the line, um, where where Laura gets upset because the girls do something that she's not a part of, and it's like, gee, I wonder why Laura. Maybe she should have been part of the group chat. Yeah. So basically, the entire story is what I. It's it's close to what I really wanted from this issue in the last uh, review, which was I wanted 23 pages of them just curb stomping the dude over and <laughs> over, but. I mean, they have to obviously do it a little differently, which is great. Um, I like that they all wore fun costumes, except Laura. She's like, you know, no one told me. <laughs> like, I like that bit. Yeah, because um, you left the conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought that was great. Um, and then, yeah, Dazzler just fucking wrecking the dude oh. was so great. Songs to hurt Alex, too. Could you read the songs? Um, I, tr- I tried to zoom in. I no. read the artist or anything. So we'll have to ask Leah. Leah, yeah, if you're listening, so. please tell us that playlist. We would like to listen to it. Um, but yeah, her her doing that and then buying the place and like them wrecking it because, you know, that's their place where they were abused and stuff. So everybody getting that like feeling of like like freedom of just destroying the place where they were, you know, mistreated. It was really cool. And then I love the little twist with Jubilee at the end, like revealing oh. how incredibly powerful jubilee could actually be a literal fucking bomb oh my god yes um and yeah using magic obviously um which was a lot of fun uh using eliana a bit was really good and then of course laura showing up the end with the it's bureau clock clock sluts (laughs) which lovely lovely i love that you guys are terrible influences (laughs) i love this book this needs to continue forever. I will read the fuck out of this. At the very least, it'll return. I mean, I hope. Oh, I will. I mean, at the at the the very back. What? Exterminators will return. Where does it say that? Oh, right there. I see. I want them to have their own book. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want them to be background characters in fucking New Mutants or something. <laughs> like, so, yeah, I love this book. This is fantastic. There are several people I would get into X-Men comics by giving them this book. Oh, right. Absolutely. It's like, this is how fun it is right now. Please read these books. <laughs> Anything you want to add? Um, yeah, it, it's just, it's just, it's fucking awesome. Like we, we couldn't uh, stop, sh- uh, stop talking about it today at the, at the meeting at the store. It's just, it was one of our favorites. Like we, <laughs> um, Kitty wants to, <laughs> wants to sell uh, booty shorts that say practice on the, st- at the store so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> alright the main event we know what we're here for oh man Sins of Sinister number one a First, book I, I read get... twice before it was ever released I did get the cover A but mm-hmm. I fucking had to oh yeah we sold out of those yeah I, I pre-ordered this it's the Emma Frost cover in case anyone's wondering mm-hmm. so, <laughs> is it Art Germ? I bet it's Art Germ it looks like Art Germ so uh Creative Team, written by Kieran Gillen, art by Lucas Wernick, uh, guest artists, J. 
Jeffrey Shaw, Marco Cicero, Juan Jose Rip, David Baldion, Travel Foreman, Carlos Gomez, Federico Vizzantini, David Lopez, Joshua Casar, and Stefano Caselli. Colored by Brian Valenza and letter by Clayton Cowles. So we do get some more information, and it was what I suspected. It was, Xavier hasn't always been a sinister. It wasn't something like that. It, it very much was that last resurrection. Yeah. And we find out that Sinister had put basically a, a dormant Sinister gene in all the mutants' uh, DNA. So when they got resurrected, they'd be secret Sinisters. But every time Hope helped resurrect, she was doing something subconsciously to clear that out. Mm-hmm. That's why he had to kill Hope and have someone else do it. Um, so that makes sense. That's that's really cool. His whole plan was just to kill Hope. Uh, <laughs> so And get away, essentially. <laughs> so we go through this time frame, time skip where essentially sinister conquers the earth and everybody is a sinister, like all the mutants. The fantastic four thing is twisted and dark and fucked up. Oh my God. Like there's just a lot going on. Um, they introduce instead of the immortality, like resurrecting people, they, provide maybe this mutant well they they trick the humans they get them used to the immortality and then they're like oh i'm so sorry it's been destroyed we can't do it but we can give you this gene and you can be immortal forever and they're like sure we'll take it most mutants take it and most humans take it they do now they're sinister so everybody slowly is becoming a sinister which then leads to the obvious question if everyone's a sinister how does sinister rule? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, cause it, he, he wants to do his thing and they're like, no, nah, we're not doing that. And he's like, but, but <laughs> like, but I'm, but I'm sinister. They're like, they're essentially we're all sinister. Like we're all equal now. And that's not what he wanted. It's not what he ever wanted. <laughs> like, so I really like it. It builds really nicely. It tells a lot of great stories. I love the juggernaut basically going on a suicide mission to kill Thanos the juggernaut bullet oh my god such a great weird idea spoiler he, he's still yeah. out there he's still going he's still going yeah. nothing to stop him nobody and can up, stop him unlike kitty pride he's, <laughs> he's not coming back probably no one's gonna bring him back uh, um i love the shit with storm Oh, because that yes. sets up Storm and the Brotherhood of Mutants, which I think mm-hmm. is going to be really good. And yeah, it kind of sets up the other books we're going to see in this crossover. We also start to see the Chimera. Yes. But I think the most impactful pages was just simply the No More Wanda. No More Wanda. Just <laughs> that was, in case. That was even a, it was supposed to be like a joke, but it's like, fuck. Yeah. The uh, Ileana like, fusing with, the, with Moselheim was like, holy shit, what a way to tear down Asgard. Fuck. So we're, we're set up. We have Sins of Sinister set up. It's get, definitely Age of Apocalypse-esque. Um, and it's going to be fucking incredible. I loved it. There's way too many things to go over all of it. I think we're going to be able to go over more of it in detail in the individual books. So I don't want to jump too much into each and every little thing. Well, that's the thing. Um, that's the thing. It's just like these individual books aren't going to be also just like our, our regular tie-ins. Like how where this how this ends up, like why we're stuck here. I love that it's like this this story of like propelling us forward in this timeline. I like that that, that we're going back to the beginning and we'll be playing with the actual um second title of, of the of where we started. 
And that's going back to powers of 10. Like the each tie-in issue isn't just like, oh, three issues to tell this like quick story. No, each issue will be their own set of years. Like we knew we knew we we're going, we we're gonna play in like these next 10 years, but that's just for the first issue of the tie-ins. Then we'll be jumping the next second issues for each. We're jumping in a the next 100 years and following into those the the thousand years that was so obscure with the ascension back then that we knew very little of oh man yeah it's gonna be really cool i'm very excited for it it's so cool yeah i don't want to get too much into it though i, I literally want to wait for the other books to start coming out before i start theorizing yeah, I mean, like, there's nothing to even like go off of. Like, this, like, this is just such a great setup. This is like Immortal X Men Nine was part A, ten was B, and this was basically part C to complete that chapter to mm-hmm. set all of this up. Yeah, there's really nothing to speculate. It's just it gave us a lot to just like, well, this is what happened. So like, we can't even speculate off of those. We just have to accept it. <laughs> the, we we know the method of undoing it. Yeah, because the yeah, <laughs> but now even then, like I have, I have a theory of who maybe stole them. I have, a, but it's just like it's kind of an obvious answer of like where two other ones have popped up recently, um, and no one else who would know except himself. <laughs> but I, I got yeah. one. The other scene I wanted to, I wanted to call out was uh, the, the storm part. But uh, oh god, my boy Kurt! <laughs> I was like, yo, oh this, this whole thing is weird, but. I know for a fact this isn't my fucking friend. <laughs> and Sinister would be like, busted, you're right. This is. And the fact that nothing got resolved in Legion of X and he just kept mutating into that thing. <laughs> oh my God. Also, can we talk about the fucking orbital fucking headshot to Krakoa where they fucking killed the island with a fucking that was missile? so fucked. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, dude, like brutal. But yeah, I'm excited. We'll see where this goes because we're going to be dealing with Sense of Sinister for like three months. Yeah. And, and oh, God, thank you. That's the other thing. It, like the other uh, Judgment Day or even um, Inferno 3, um, some of these we get like batches of books. Each of these motherfuckers are one per week. Each of these times, each chapter is one per week, and I can't deal with that. Yeah, we'll see. So I'm excited. It's it's already a great crossover, and it just started. So, anything else you want to add before we move on? Um, no, I, I mean, I, I guess um, though we we expressed how much we love Judgment Day, but that's like in the scale for for the MU for the six one six. This for how bonkers it is. I don't think I've been this giddy for an event in a, in a long time. I mean, it's just it's cliche, it's, but it's the Age of Apocalypse. It's stupid fun, yeah. <laughs> like, like, the Age of Apocalypse was so much, so fucking fun and stupid and violent, and I loved it. It was the most <laughs> 90s thing, and I think this is going to be, you know, a more modern take on that, and I really like that, so. Also, fuck Sinister. <laughs> like, all right, well, that's everything we've read this week. What else have you been reading this way? Uh, so I'm going to start out with... Um... A little callback to a callback I did earlier talking shit. Um, I'm starting uh, Kamen Rider Kuga, the manga, because people mm-hmm. said that I, I, maybe the second one didn't get translated as well, but I'm like halfway into the first one and everything is fine so far. I'm, I'm actually, what I'm not enjoying about it is that I'm focusing too much on the translation that like, it's like, I'm, I'm like 
over reading it to see if it's okay that, I, that I'm, I'm, I'm not, that I can't enjoy the story. Cause then I get lost and it's like, once I start getting the flow and it's like, Oh wait, this shit's good. It's flowing really well. I start enjoying it, but it's like, I'll see like one mistake, but it's, it's just like my brain didn't read it right. And I was like, Oh, is this it? So I'm over reading it again. And it's like, it's, it's like the community has, is making me not enjoy this manga as much as I should be. Cause it is really good. And God damn it. Y'all are dumb if you just fell for this uh, Twitter echo chamber, people. And I'll see, I'll see you in the Twitter comments because <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to talk shit after this. <laughs> once I finish it, nice. Um, after that, because I because I read Sin, uh, Sins of Sinister uh, super early, it jump started my read of actual Age of Age, actual Age of Apocalypse. Are Are you reading the Blink Mini first? I'm no. Um, so I nerded the fuck out. And I cross-referenced three reading orders to set my reading order straight. Um, and I decided, and, and because, and also, and then with three, technically four, then with cross-referencing with, uh, with my omnibuses, I was, like, peeking to see, like, where the covers were for where each issue cut off to see, like, to kind of, like, like cross-reference with, with, like, the numbers it was giving me with the issues. Um, and the omnibus actually opens up with um, the Legion Quest, like actual canon, uh, actual yeah, actual canon stuff setting setting it up. So I want to start there, and I decided uh, to like might as well read the alpha and then the first issue of each of like the books, and then now that now that the world is set up, then go back to like the flashbacks setting up that timeline with like the blink books and all the other ones, and then it'll be back and forth between the two omnibuses. It's a whole fucking thing, but I, so I, I got to. The Legion Quest, and then yeah, the Alpha and the first issues, like I said. Um, so kind of like yeah, the first quarter between the two omnibuses together. <laughs> it's insane. It's fucking awesome. It is good. I honestly, I would save the Blink series till the last. Okay, I mean, I, don't, I mean, I, I just already have it set up because it it's it was released way after the others, mm-hmm. and also it doesn't have the same feel at all. Okay, and it's not even in the Age of Apocalypse. It's just that Blink. Is the only thing. Yeah. Well, I'm curious how, how it sets up because there's a part where she just like, where she literally blinks into the scene with like, there's a part with, with, with Sabretooth. And, and then when I was doing my research, it did say, oh, be cautious with it because it did say that the, the the last three pages of the Blink series is tied towards the finale. So that's where I'll be iffy with it. I would, I would literally read it last. It's not going to, it won't enhance really much reading. Mm hmm. But it'll probably help with context after. Yeah. Because that's how we got it. You know what I mean? That's yeah, yeah. I would, I'd be careful with it. So, but yeah, I'm excited for that, dude. I can't wait to talk. Because you never read it, right? No. It was my first time going through it. And oh. <laughs> I'm excited. I, I need to go fish out my, 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 it's kind of like a six incher, like this big uh, figure of a sugar man. I should, I should have him next to me. Generation X is probably my favorite. Nice. Yeah, no, all, all these different books, all these setups, and like what each team is supposed to do, or what they're what they're what they're gonna go out and do. I like it. I like. I really like it so far. Also, game of the externals. Yeah, that's some good <laughs> shit. That's some good fucking shit. Yeah, we'll Bobby. see. It. Bobby. Oh, okay. Also, Shiro in this is fucking great. Like, I haven't oh gotten to God. him yet specifically. I was. I'm, he's I'm in curious how he's gonna play. X-Men. Nice. That team is Shiro Morph. Uh. Blink, Sabretooth, Wild Child, and someone I'm forgetting. Rogue, yeah, that's the last time I, I read. That was like that, yeah. that was like the last uh, chapter in this. That's a oh sorry, that's astonishing. Sorry, Amazing's the Quicksilver Storm story. Right, also, yeah, I kind of yeah, ship 
Quicksilver and Storm now because of that series. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I feel it. Uh, I like it all, though. It's all really good. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for you, dude. Oh, we have to talk about it. So. Oh, for sure. All right. So I've read almost nothing. Um, <laughs> I have read a lot of Spy Family, if you want to talk about that. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> it's really good. I will mention that we both caught up on My Hero Academia. Oh, my God. Yes. And uh, what a payoff. Dude, yes, like uh, not not even for vigilantes, but these call outs to these anti heroes. Three great reveals. So we had the your one boy, with your boy comes back. My boy comes back. But we had we we had her, which is great. But then having my fucking boy, that was good. But then that clip, that surprising cliffhanger where we thought that that character ended. Great reveal. Great great, great comeback. And I think the next chapter will be like a, a flashback of like each of their reasons of like wanting to help out. Yeah, um, I also we also caught up on Dragon Ball Super. Oh man, we have conflicted opinions on that. <laughs> I like it because I like ground level stories. Sure, it, it is cutesy, but it's like there's some aspects I'm like. Mm. It just reminds me of Dragon Ball. Yeah, it it does have a Dragon Ball feel for sure. And so I'm like, I like that. That's cool. Obviously, there's weird little moments and stuff, but it's 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 Dragon Ball. <laughs> you know, what I mean, <laughs> yeah. like that's it's gonna have that. I'd rather have this than insane fluctuating power levels and planets being destroyed and all right you know i'd rather have like oh i'm a superhero cool (laughs) i like this let's do this so i like it um and yeah and then like i said mostly spy family which has been very 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 good but we talked about that on our last three episodes uh (laughs) of both we have issues and jukebox where we go so we'll keep talking about it i did pick up a second printing of swamp thing Greenhouse. Yes. I'm, oh, God. I saw it. So, I mean, I, when I saw it, it was coming back. It's like, does that mean because two is coming back around? And people just need to get reminded that that happened at one point. Yeah. So I did pick that up because I didn't pick it up the first time. Right. And uh, so, yeah, I haven't read it yet, but I, it's on my stack. So cool. Last thing is, I bought a new box. Mm. And if you follow me on Twitter, you probably know which one it is because me and Mars were talking about it. Oh. Bam. So, yes. Scarlet Witch. Love it. Uh, very excited. Boxes are so expensive now; it's ridiculous. It but. is, yeah. Like I, I, over at mine, I mean, shit. Even without taxes, compared to compared over your side, uh, a short theme box like that is thirteen dollars. When a regular long box is nine. <laughs> yeah, makes no sense. Yeah, I'm I'm sticking with these theme ones for show, mm-hmm. and long boxes for storage. So, oh no! Yeah. Okay, wrong. Last time I went, just like, and the thought came after of like comparing the prices. I was like, should I start investing in theme boxes? And that's when, then that's when I thought I was like, Oh, but how much are they? No, thank you. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> this is 20 bucks. Basically it was mm-hmm. 19 something. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, that's it for me then. Mm-hmm. So those are the issues that we had this week. Make sure to check us out on Twitter. You can find me at WHI podcast. Keith, you can find our producer Liz, WHI podcast Liz. You can find Hostway at Hostway reads Hostway. You can find the show at WHI podcast. Follow us on there. Cause you'll get an announcement every Saturday morning when a new episode drops, including a list of every issue that we reviewed. So you can see where they are. It also has timestamps in case you can't listen to the whole thing. Jump ahead to whatever you want to listen to. Uh, so make sure to check out the, that again on uh, Twitter, WHI podcast. You can find our other show, jukebox vertigo at jukebox vertigo on twitter this is our musical playlist building show where every episode we put together a playlist with our friends and special guests based around a special theme our most recent episode is based it's a pun with this show 
It's called Weeb Have Issues. Yes. Where we added all of our favorite Weeb tracks to the playlist. Anime theme songs, uh, JRPG songs, and even a pro wrestling theme song, which was a lot of fun. Um, All those got added on. We had some special guests, including Rachel from uh, Certain POV, which means that that is our fourth Certain POV person. Hell yeah. I made a a joke on the Certain POV Discord that I'm Thanos collecting Infinity Gems. (laughs) If I could do... um, if I could do Photoshop, I would totally do the thing with their faces on the. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Please. <laughs> so, but uh, who will be next? Who knows? Um, but yeah, make sure to check us on there once again at Jukebox Vertigo. Uh, that show comes out on Monday. It's bi-weekly, so it won't come out this next Monday. But the Monday after that, when the new episode comes out, you can check out a listen party with Josue that evening on Twitch at Josue Plays Josue. On there, he listens to the entire list that we added, gives us his opinions. We always have a good time. I'm pretty much there the entire time. It's always a blast. And sometimes our guests show up. Case was there pretty much the entire time this last time. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, so make sure to check that out as well. Um, it's really great. And just follow Josue on Twitch in general because he plays a lot of games. And it's a lot of fun. And we have a blast. So that is it. Uh, don't forget to bag, board, and box your new treasures. And we'll see you next week with a new batch of beautiful books. Stay safe and read more comics. Man, that movie was excellent. It really was. Totally blew my expectations away. I know, right? Now I really want to tell everyone about it. But I'm not sure how. Yeah. If only there was a podcast dedicated to reviewing films and discussing the latest news and trailers on upcoming films, that would be nice. Yes, for sure. And we can call it The Senegai Show. (laughs) What? No. It will be called Real Movie Critic Unleashed. Uh, No. How about Senegai featuring Real Movie Critic? Uh, how about the real movie critic and his sidekick, the Cineguy? CG and RMC. RMC and CG. The real movie critic versus the Cineguy. Only at CertainPOV.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You're going down, critic. Bring it on, you guy.